Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 69 of Thirst and Goal. I am in my garage once again. I'm fronting. Ben is in the old studio outside where football should be played and podcasts should be recorded. Ben, we're still separated by, uh, by a few miles because of the quarantine. Yes, How are you doing? <laughs> I am wonderful. Uh, finally, something to look forward to, something to be excited about. Uh, we had the draft uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, went off without a hitch for the most part. Uh, certainly interesting to watch it uh, in that fashion. Unfortunately, they weren't able to finish it any more quickly than they normally do, although it probably did turn out to be a little bit more expeditious than uh, drafts in the past. But it still it took a while, but it was a really... You know, it was it was nice to see, you know, something happening in the world of sports uh, that that gives us some hope that something will happen. What do you think, Franny? No, I feel the same way. I, you know, it's finally something to watch. You know, I mean, uh, after being deprived of sports for so long now, we're just willing to watch anything. I mean, we talked about it last week with just watching, you know, replays of of classic games um, and and even the Olympics, and you know, just desperate to get any sort of sports in our life and. Uh, this was, this was a, a great change of pace sort of, I mean, obviously it's not sports, but you know, it's going to have a big impact on, on the next, uh, NFL season. So it was, you know, it was better. It, like you said, Ben, it went, actually went off better than I thought it went off with that hitch almost. Um, you know, I'm sure there was it guys at all the coaches houses, uh, while they were making picks just so there are no mistakes. Um, but did, uh, did you enjoy seeing the interiors of, of the coaches houses and the GMs houses? I did. I did. I mean, it was all over the map. I mean, it was uh, Cliff Kingsbury, I am a giant douchebag. Uh, Jerry Jones, I am an even bigger douchebag here on my $250 million yacht. Uh, to rooms that appeared to be used for the first time ever. Uh, there were uh, random, you know, like flags of the teams just sort of strewn about in the room. Maybe one football sort of perfunctorily put in this in the corner of the room. Uh, and others like Jim Harbaugh look like, you know, look like he was in there reading, you know, novels and uh, Dostoevsky. Dostoevsky, I can never say that <laughs> word correctly or that gentleman's name correctly. Uh, but it, I, I actually, Andy, and I enjoy seeing the clothing, Andy Reid's Tommy Bahama shirts. Yep. And, you know, I think uh, I think John Harbaugh was in. You know, sweats and a sweatshirt. Other people, Bill Belichick, and, and, looked like he was. Life. Bill Belichick, I thought, you know, that that was the best setup right there. Yeah. I mean, this guy has has had the most success out of all those guys together. Yeah, uh, pretty much. I mean, six championships and you know what, nine Super Bowl appearances, and he's just sitting at this old table, these old uh, rickety looking chairs. Um, you know, with his dog, uh, yeah. in, in 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 a room where you know the drapes and and all the decor looked like it was, uh, you know below his means yeah yeah, <laughs> really might, i mean look like a vacation a lot of house. Money. Yeah. yeah i mean i don't know what it was but it you know it it didn't uh it didn't strike me as as very posh yeah and a lot of these, some of these other guys a lot of these guys i mean he has one laptop in front of him like a normal human being <laughs> right a lot of these other guys had you know giant windows monitors microsoft monitors yeah. three four like five said, monitors i'm like what Kingsbury. are you you're one person what are you doing with four monitors three laptops 
uh, and a telephone. I mean, you're one person in there, right? So yeah, Cliff Kingsbury, like you said, I mean, he, he that was he a, that was ridiculous. Uh, he could have had that camera pointed in any direction, you know, straight at him, straight on, but he wanted it pointing outside so you could see that huge window, his nice backyard, the nice couch, you know, his nice setup there. Um, and uh, you know, pretty sweet, but I mean, it looks nice, but you know, uh, you don't have to show off. You have five wins last year, so yeah, I mean, you have five wins. A third of the country missed their rent in April. Uh, yeah, exactly. So Jerry Jones, maybe you don't want to be in your two hundred and fifty million dollar yacht. I uh, expect that from Jerry Jones, uh, making bad picks as normal for you. Actually, or they, they did all right. They did all right. Uh, I think so. A little redundant. I don't know why you go off and sign uh, Amari Cooper and then take. A stud wide receiver in the first round just so you can go eight and eight with Dak Prescott. We'll talk more about that. Yeah, we'll talk more about that. (laughs) But Franny, uh, how was your week this week? Uh, It was a long one. It was long and a hot one, too, Ben. This, I mean, it feels like summer already here in uh, in Southern California on Friday. Yesterday, it was almost 100 degrees uh, outside. And today, it wasn't too far away from that, Ben. And uh, you had, um, you were out there. Uh, yeah, I was out know, working in the yard today. I got to do mowing something. Mowing the lawn, and I know you were taking care of the, the yard. I mean, you're very good at it, but you know, uh, maybe not on a day like this. Yeah, I mean, no, I didn't mow today. I didn't mow because huh. it's too hot. So I just did all the pruning, trimming, cutting uh, today. It's um, uh, it could be a little bit cooler. Working in the garage on Thursday and Friday was a little uh, a little overwhelming. I think I might have to move <laughs> into the house this week if we stay. In this temperature a, range, but it was it was a, a, it was a, portable, a better week. Portable air conditioner, maybe you know, just yeah. roll that into the garage. That way, you know, you can be a, you know sort of separated and pretend like you're in the office. Yeah. Now I see why <laughs> a lot of businesses take uh, teleworking more seriously. You can shift all of the costs of of <laughs> uh, of the office onto the employee. Uh, you know, our electric bill was higher because the last month it was it was freezing cold, so I had the space heater running in the garage all the time, and the electric bill was about a hundred dollars higher because of that. So, you know, you got to pay for your own, you know, the internet, phone, uh, electricity, food. You're making more coffee at home. You're doing all those things you would do at home that normally you might get for free at work. Uh, so it's interesting. It's interesting. All right, Franny, what are we going to talk about this week? Well, what are you, what are you drinking first? Though, oh, ben? sorry. I see I'm all discombobulated with the draft. Uh, I, and I'm not there. I'm not there. We know we're, we're, we're still separated. This whole quarantine, quarantine thing is, is getting really annoying. I mean, yeah. obviously it's to keep us safe, but I hate being away, uh, you know, from f- friends and family. So I am continuing to drink the Catoctin Creek watershed American gin, but it looks like I've only got about two or three more gin and tonics in there. And I will have to, to put an order in at Total Wine this week to get another gin that I could try next week. But this is a great gin from Catoctin Creek. They also have a great and wonderful line uh, of bourbons as well down in Kentucky. It's a great company, and I, I this is not a sponsor, but I definitely encourage you guys to check it out. Franny, what do you have over there? Something from Isla. Yes, Ben. It's uh, just like last week. I uh, I was drinking the Lagavulin. I thought I was going to finish off the bottle last week, but it looks like this week it might actually happen. And uh, ah, there you know, we because go. It's been it's been out here. It's one thing I didn't see me. during the draft. You're telling me there wasn't a single whiskey, <laughs> bourbon, or rye anywhere to be anywhere to be seen on camera. I don't believe it. And so the, I don't, I, it's, I mean, I'd have bottles everywhere, but I don't know uh, why they didn't do that, except for the people that had the Gatorade set up all across one person. Again, you got like eight bottles of Gatorade lined up on your desk for one person. 
Yeah, but it's a little warm though. Lagavulin, I don't recommend it uh, when it's you know warm outside because it, it becomes um, more peaty uh, and and uh, so it's better. I would say less flavor. I mean, I would just say there's there's it's less complex. It's just warm and more peaty out here. But uh, I'm about to finish off this bottle though, and then I'll I'll see what uh, what else I can grab. All right, sounds good. Finally, what now? I'll get it right. What are we going to talk about this week? <laughs> well, Ben. On the big board, uh, we have a shout out to our new and or loyal listeners out there. We have NFL news. We have our NFL draft. We talked a little bit about that just now, but we'll talk even more about that. We have our tag team news as well. Our thirst and goal news, Ben's Steelers, my Eagles and Sonya's Seahawks. Maybe Sonya may make an appearance on the show uh, tonight. I know she's somewhere around there with you, Ben, probably she watching is. a Lifetime movie. She is. She put together yeah. the shot tonight for she us. Did. She did. And, yeah. and she took the, the photograph of the whistle pig that we will be reviewing later tonight as well. And uh, we're going to talk about a series that we've been watching since the beginning. Uh, it's in its fifth season, actually end of the fifth season now. Better Call Saul, Ben. I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, we have our shot of the week, uh, which Sonia did uh, put together for us, and it looks very delicious, Ben. And you're gonna be tasting it. I won't be, um, but you know, I, I trust your taste buds. I could drive and, by and th- wing it out the window at you. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have our beverage of the week, which Ben just mentioned is the Whistle Pig. Which Whistle Pig is it again, Ben? This is the Whistle Pig Old World Cask Finished 12 Year Barrel Reserve from. Total Wine. I think it's a barrel pick from Total Wine. Awesome, Ben. Also can't wait to taste that. And we also have our beer of the week, which is from Ukraine. And uh, to finish up the show, we also have some housekeeping. Yes, indeed. Friday, what is first up on the big board? First up on the big board, Ben, we're going to make a shout out to our new listeners. Yes. Thank you all out there, all of our new listeners, as well as our longtime listeners from across the globe. We have listeners from every corner of the planet. Uh, So thank you all, all so much for being with us for the first time, as well as sticking with us week after week. We truly, truly appreciate it. And since you're listening tonight or tomorrow or Tuesday or whenever you're listening to this podcast, uh, since 2018, we have been a show and we continue to be a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Since you're listening, please consider heading over to our website, thirstinggold.buzzsprout.com, or search Thirsting Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review our show. We would truly, truly appreciate it. During this time of social distancing and stay-at-home orders, please phone a friend, a family member, a coworker. Just log into Zoom and find a complete stranger and recommend our podcast to them. Just please, 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 if you really like our show, just tell one person. I was shopping today uh, with my mask and my gloves and two people in the grocery store because I was wearing my Thurston Goal podcast shirt, two people. Uh, put the podcast in their phone. They're going to be checking it out here in Los Angeles tonight or tomorrow. Uh, so I did my gig today. I got two more people to listen. Uh, so please, please do the same. Thank you all. And Friday, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our NFL news. The NFL news or the NFL draft. Oh, is that? Well, yeah, actually, like we have- you want to start with the draft or you want to start with the news? 
Uh, you know, we could do the draft then. I mean, because there's not that much news, right? Yeah, yeah. There's not that yeah, much. I, I actually I probably reversed that, that on the, on the, on the uh, I was probably thinking the draft wasn't going to be that exciting, so I moved it down the agenda. We should <laughs> probably lead with the draft because that's what everyone is talking about. So I apologize to Frane and I apologize to our listeners out there as well. Uh, you want to you want to start with the draft? You are forgiven, Ben. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Uh, the agenda I put together probably put a should have put the draft a little bit higher up, uh, but we did talk a little bit about it at the outset. But but generally speaking, Frane, what was your impression of the first virtual draft and you know Vegas getting the draft again uh, in 2022. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, um, I think or 2020, as I mean, Roger Goodell said. You know, like you said, it did drag on way too long. I mean, the draft usually does, um, but I mean, you have a nice backdrop while you're doing so. Um, so if this was in Vegas and you know went off with all the pageantry that was planned, um, then it would have been it would have been you know, more manageable at least to watch it. Uh, but this was just uh, a lot of, well, what we're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at you on a screen and this is what we were watching for, you know, just about, you know, four hours or so or whatever it was. But uh, I think they need to speed it up, you know, just a little bit. I mean, even even the, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh uh, rounds also dragged on, you know, a little bit longer. And like you also mentioned, uh, you know, in, in the later rounds, they were talking about players uh, that were drafted, you know, uh, picks ahead of the player or the team that they were on at the moment. So they're talking about some other player, but then you're watching the ticker at the bottom of the screen. It's saying this other guy is being drafted by this team, but they're talking about the guy that was drafted, you know, three or four picks ago. Um, so that that was a little, uh, you know, confusing. I thought uh, they, were, they were talking about, I think, uh, Eason being picked. And I'm like, oh, look at that. You know, the Steelers picked a quarterback yeah, yeah, yeah. because the, the Steelers were on the, on the their clock. selection. And I'm like, oh look, you know, I was, I was going to tell you like they got a quarterback, but you know, they did. That was actually, um, I, I think he went to the Vikings or something. I can't remember exactly now, but yeah, they took a Gardner from Wisconsin, I think, mm. or a, or a steam fitter. They can't take a quarterback <laughs> for some reason. It is not within their in their nature to piss Ben Roethlisberger off at this point. What would uh, you think, Ben? I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought it went off as I, as we said earlier. It went off without a hitch. Generally, uh, it would have been nicer or nice if they could have timed up the. The phone calls with the with the picks at the time that they got the call, I think all night I was sort of wanting to see more reactions from the players when they got picked. I think the timing must have been a little bit off with that. Mm-hmm. There were very few players that typically they, they, they would show the pick, announce the pick, and then cut to the player, and the player's just sort of sitting there. So, yeah, it, yeah. so it had to have been footage before or subsequent to, to the notification, but it would have been nice if they could have shown more of the phone calls from the head coaches and the GMs to the players. But, I mean, given the fact that they had to pull this together in a fairly short period of time, I, I thought it, 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 it was nice. And it was nice to see, you know, people's houses, people's, you know, how they interact in their sort of personal life and the types of environments. That, I mean, one guy, I can't remember who it was, it was clearly in his daughter's bedroom. Uh, yeah. Other people in the garage. Other people had huge, you know, the huge... Uh, signs that they put behind you sort of at a press conference and their entire wall. Other people had sort of like a half of that just sort of hanging in the middle of the, in the middle of their, the room that they were in. And it just sort of looked sort of strange. Other people had the angle of the camera, like directly above them. Others like Cliff Kingsbury, of course, had it offset so that, you know, he had someone from, you know, GQ came in and set up his camera (laughs) before, before he went online. And others grabbing their phone away from their girlfriends. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, 
some 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 awkward reactions that yeah, time. For and, sure. You know, there was that. There was also uh uh when uh Tua got picked uh by the Dolphins. I mean, it seemed like Tua was excited, but his dad was just sitting there, you know, stone faced, uh, just looking straight at the TV, like you know, he was just watching his uh you know his nightly soap opera or whatever. Um, but that, that was a, a little weird. And then you know. I, Minutes later, they showed him, and and he was excited. But it was kind of it was kind of funny to see, uh, you know, uh, that momentous occasion for his son. He's just like sitting there, like yeah, you know, nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like watching uh, one of those one of those ninety ninety day fiance episodes where they get to meet <laughs> the meet the parents, and the father doesn't say anything, just sort of sits there. Uh, but I, I mean, I thought they did a pretty good job. I mean, all things considered, you know, getting to see people's houses, getting to see who they hang out with, their reactions. Uh, to some of it and and all the coaches different environments i thought it was i thought it was kind of cool i thought it was i mean kind of cool i wouldn't mind if they did it again like this next year if they're going to do it in cleveland i'd rather see it this way than see it in cleveland (laughs) if those are my choices but uh yeah i thought it was cool it's different different obviously um but you know nothing uh nothing as great as vegas would have been but we'll look forward to that you know in the near future. Yeah. yeah. Near, year year after near, next. Pretty year, close. It'll be here. <laughs> be, it'll be here before we know it. Uh, but you want to run down some of these, some of these picks and then maybe we can go through uh, the picks for the tag teams, the Steelers, Seahawks and Eagles, maybe bring Sonya in if she's willing to discuss the picks for, for the Seahawks, but maybe just go through the first round, part of the second round, and then we can get into to the tag teams. Unless yeah, there's sure. something specific you want to talk about. Um, no, I mean, just some, some of the, you know, the major picks, I guess, you know, so a pick that took 28 minutes uh, after the <laughs> after the draft started. Uh, Joe Burrow out of LSU to the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, everyone knew that this was going to happen or anticipated this was ha- was going to happen. Friday, what did you think about, uh, or what do you think about the chances of of Cincinnati getting another franchise quarterback with Andy Dalton in tow? Uh yeah. I wonder. Uh, do you do you think he's going to be the the starter on day one, Ben, do you think uh, when the first game finally rolls around, once the season gets kicked off, do you think Burrow is going to be standing in the pocket? I think so. I, I I would. I mean, I would start him. What what do you have to lose? You know, you have, yeah, yeah. it's a sense, I mean, uh, not to sound like our commander in chief, but what do you have to lose? Uh, you're the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. You, you know, your, 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 your team, while, while the record has not been as bad as people perceive it to be, they're not the Cleveland Browns. You know, what do you have to lose? You got, you're looking up at the Steelers and you're looking up at the Ravens in that division. And, and, you know, for all we know, the Browns will have pulled it together under Stefanski this year. I, I would run him out there. He's got all the tools, uh, to compete at a high level. I mean, he hasn't started a ton of games. I mean, I, I that yet we, I think we, we haven't seen enough of him as far as I'm concerned at the collegiate level. I mean, he really didn't have a ton of college experience where he performed well other than essentially one season. So I, I mean, I granted he, you know, he played awesome in the championship game, but you know, I, I think the jury to my mind, the jury is still a little bit out on him. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I also agree. I mean, it, it's like that with, uh, with any quarterback uh, taking this high in the draft, there's always a lot of questions and, and you always wonder, did they make the right pick too? Um, you know, with, with Tua being taken with Herbert, being taken i thought that love pick was a little odd i don't know if he's uh if he warrants a first round uh, uh pick especially yeah. uh <laughs> for 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 green bay um, i but, love you know, it you, you have, i love have, it yeah, every, all these quarterbacks even even you know tackle by i don't i don't know if that was the right pick 
uh, for the Dolphins, especially with his history. Um, so we'll see. But I mean, they need a quarterback. I mean, and, and now is the time to take a quarterback. Andy Dalton, um, you know, he's 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 not old. I mean, he's older. Uh, I'm sure he still has a few seasons left in him. Um, but you know, it, it, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, and and uh, you know, they'll battle it out for um, you know for the starting position but I'm, I'm pretty sure like you said Ben it, it, it will be Joe Burrow because they really have nothing to lose when you win what they won two games last year yeah I mean you can't really get much worse than that I mean you can improve and maybe win one more yeah <laughs> I mean they have what's his name is the the rookie that they that they ended up starting over Dalton but I think you got to throw him out there uh, next up mm-hmm. Chase Young I think that's a no-brainer uh you know best edge rusher in the country by far I don't know who else the Redskins would have taken at that pick, uh, they've got Alex Smith, they've got Case Keenum, and you know they were they weren't going to take a quarterback there. I mean, I think Chase Chase Young was sort of a no brainer there. Why wouldn't you take the best defensive player in the draft, especially when you're the Washington Redskins and your defense is and not defense that good? Was, actually, their defense was you know better than expected last year. I, I, actually, I was impressed by their defense last year, and and this is just going to add uh, to that. So yeah, that, that was a good pick by them. Yeah, Jeff Okuda goes at number three. Uh, probably not the best cornerback available in this draft, but Matt Patricia and company thought it would have been a good fit. I mean, they ended up, uh, Darius Slay went off to the Eagles. They also mm-hmm. traded, the name escapes me, to Seattle earlier in the season last year as well. They, they dumped a couple of defensive backs last year. I think this is a pretty smart pick. I would have taken uh, one of the other cornerbacks in the, in the, in the draft, but, you know, Detroit is what Detroit is. We'll, we'll see what happens there. I don't. I there's no way to know. Mm-hmm. What do you well, think? I mean, I, um, I'm not. I, I'm, you know, the pick is what it is. I, you know, I think they probably could have, uh, um, you know, filled other needs at that spot that high in the draft. Um, but you know, I, I still think they're going to be pretty solid this coming year. As, as you know, if Matthew Stafford can stay healthy, um, then you know, I, I, I think they'll be pretty decent. Although you know, the division is 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 a little tough. Yeah, I mean, I, that's my dark horse. I'm going to put a little bit of a wager down on them to win that division. I do. I think if Stafford stays healthy next year uh, with this draft and Aaron Rodgers declining another year. Oh, he's not declining uh, that much. Okay, another yeah. year. He's, <laughs> he just got Brett Favre uh, in this draft. We'll get to that. But uh, I, I think I think the Detroit's Vikings, got a chance the Vikings to win. The are also, you know. A team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are a team. They got Diggs replacement later in the draft. Uh, but we got, uh, Andrew, uh, this is, this is not good news necessarily for the NFC East. You got a beautiful left tackle goes to the giants. Andrew Thomas. Uh, what do you think about that pick to protect Daniel Jones? That, that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I was about to say. I mean, it's a good pick for them. Uh, I'm, I'm always a big fan of, of, uh, you know, taking linemen early in the draft because you definitely want to, uh, you know, protect your quarterback. I mean, I think, uh, Super Bowls are are won and lost on the line, either the offensive line or the defensive line. And so when you bolster either one of those lines, you have a pretty good chance, especially when you have a new QB. Uh, you have a young guy in there, um, only the second season. So, you know, you want to get him as much help as possible and protect him as best you can. Yeah, I like this pick. I think it was a smart, smart pick for the Giants. They need help on that offensive line. They got probably the best tackle in the draft here. And the next pick... For uh, one of our tag team adjacent, uh, Franny's <laughs> cousin, the Miami Dolphins fan. Uh, this one was a yeah. little bit of a shocker to a 
Tagalavoa goes to the Dolphins. Wait, what's his name? Uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Am I close? Yeah, close enough. Close Am enough. I close? I'm, I'm good. Tagovailoa. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, I could never say this guy's name correctly. But this one shocked me a little bit. This one did shock me. He's got all the tools, obviously. Uh, good decision making. Uh, good anticipation. But a, a lot of injury problems. And that scares me. I mean, significant mm-hmm. injury problems mm-hmm. to big joints in the body. So yeah, that was not that was not a small injury. That that's that was an insignificant. Uh, that that was a pretty serious injury. And um, you know, it looks like he's healthy right now, but he he definitely does have a history of of, uh, of being injured. So that is kind of scary for the Dolphins. But you know, they got Fitzpatrick there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they got Fitzpatrick. They got a decent. They've got a decent. <laughs> they've got a decent. Uh, team that they put around the quarterback this offseason as well as I mean they made some pretty big moves on defense as mm-hmm. well uh, and they they you know they definitely politic this up all the way leading up to the draft convincing people that they were interested in something other than Tua Tagovailoa and and they were very successful in sort of warding off anyone that was that was in the same market but yeah. I mean I, I mean thought, I was never a big fan of his you know just watching him play. Yeah, he he looks like a good quarterback, but he's also playing with the best players on the best team. Um, so you know, it's it's really hard to judge a guy when you have you know the best uh, a college team. Basically, I mean, Alabama is is as good as it gets. I mean, they've been, they've been a powerhouse forever, and and uh, you know, you don't see too many Alabama quarterbacks uh, coming out in the draft and having any sort of success in the NFL. Yeah, you don't see many SEC quarterbacks, generally yeah. speaking, uh, coming out and having a lot of success. Uh, but next up. Justin Herbert, my dream man, uh, who I was hoping the Steelers would trade trade away the entire yeah. draft. You were get. romantically involved there, ben. yeah. I mean, but, you, I was. <laughs> but they did not. Uh, the Steelers did Dude, not trade away their entire about him draft for months, and probably smart not to trade away your entire draft for Justin Herbert. But Justin Herbert goes uh, to the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I think. I think they got a great I think they got a great quarterback here. I really really do. I know, you know, people will say, you know, there's a guy like this in every draft, tall, strong arm, you know, not particularly special. I just I disagree wholeheartedly with that. I think Herbert has all the tools that you're going to need to be a success, especially in the AFC West where offense is the name of the game and I like the pick, Franny, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they had to pick up a quarterback um, and they were high enough in the draft to get a good quarterback. You know, Philip Rivers is gone. Uh, he ran his course. You know, obviously he could have played another year, maybe two years uh, more with the Chargers. But, um, you know, he, he he found as much success there as uh, as he could have. I mean, you know, he, they had some really good seasons, um, but he just wasn't able to take them over the top. And, uh, you know, this is a new beginning for uh, you know a, a team with a very small fan base here in LA with the new jerseys and and sort of a I think they have a new logo also not only the Rams but I think they also have a new logo uh, too so they're 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 not. starting anew and uh, now they have uh, Herbert as their starting quarterback and you know we know that he will be uh, starter from day one yeah and his mechanics are not the greatest but mechanics to some degree are overrated unless you're Cam Newton where your mechanics you know result in consistent injuries to your body. You don't need the greatest of mechanics in the NFL. Uh, Patrick Mahomes certainly does not have the greatest mechanics in the world. But, I mean, I really like this pick. I think that, that the Chargers are lucky to have, have Herbert fall here. 
uh, because they probably would have taken Tua had Justin Herbert went to Miami at the pick the pick prior. But I, I like this kid a lot, and you know, give uh, give Andy Reid a run for his money. Hopefully, I don't think so. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, next Not up, we got, yet, at least we got a D. We got a defensive lineman going to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, at pick number seven, Derek Brown goes to the uh, goes to uh, the Panthers. There, Franny, what do you think about that pick? It makes sense. I think they only pick defensive players the entire draft, yeah. Um, which is, I think, the first time almost ever. I think it hasn't happened in uh, maybe never actually. I, I think this is the first time that that only defensive players have been picked throughout the entire uh, draft. So it looks like Christian McCaffrey is going to have uh, a much larger load to carry <laughs> uh, <laughs> this next coming season. But I mean, their defense was pretty terrible this past year. So what do you think? Yeah, there? I mean, I like the pick. I mean, Matt Rule, you know, he knows what he's doing. He's he's going to rebuild this defense. He's going to take uh, a team's weakness and turn it into a strength. He, he you know they got Bridgewater down there, and I think they'll be okay. I, I love this pick. Prop. I mean, if you ask me, uh, next to Chase Young, probably the best defensive player in the draft. And I like the pick. I really like the pick. You know, it's 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 going to be a tough division down there next year. I think. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch for sure. But unfortunately, they're going to be the worst team in the in that division. You know, for them, that's the worst. But. Yeah, it's not our problem, Ben. It's not our team. It's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> not one of our tag teams. Uh, next up, Cliff Kingsbury, straight from his photo shoot to taking a linebacker out of Clemson. <laughs> uh, not my favorite linebacker in the draft, but Kingsbury thinks this kid is going to be something special. Uh, Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker out of Clemson. You know, he's got great range. You know, but nobody knows what position he really plays. I mean, maybe that's why Kingsbury took him. He could be a linebacker. He could play safety. Uh, so I mean, I I think it's a an interesting pick for for Kingsbury here at number eight. Yeah, I don't remember their defense being. I don't I remember them struggling last year. They didn't uh, really. You know, it was it was the uh, you know the offense really and and the new scheme, um, and the new quarterback obviously. Um, but yeah, I don't remember their defense really struggling. So I mean, I, no. I thought it was an odd pick because it didn't seem like something they really needed, uh, you know, that high in yeah. draft. I would have taken a left. I would have taken it. I would have taken an offensive lineman here. Yeah, yeah. If I yeah, were, protect, if I were protect them. your young guy, you know. Yeah. Uh, but there was an interesting, was a funny tweet, Tyron Matthew, during the during the draft when he first published that picture of Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, he tweeted out, uh, "No wonder they couldn't afford to keep me." Yeah. <laughs> which I thought not well you could probably buy that house in Phoenix for yeah. a lot less than you can in a lot of other places but uh but people are going to be talking about that spread for a while and Bill Belichick's uh parquet table <laughs> uh, we got CJ Henderson cornerback going to the Jaguars at number nine Friday what do you think about that pick uh, well, I mean, the Jaguars, they're, uh, you know, from when they were in the AFC championship game just a few years ago, their defense has lost a lot of players. Um, and uh, they've been, well, I wouldn't say they struggled the last few seasons, but they definitely weren't as good as they were, Ben, when they beat your Steelers to go to the AFC championship game. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, it, <laughs> but, you know, they're just, they're just trying to rebuild again. It seems like, uh, you know, they're in continual rebuild i mean this team uh is is i mean they lose so many players all the time it seems like nobody wants to be in jacksonville just you know i i hate the idea of moving to uh to london but um you know it it, it seems like they might find some stability some actual stability if they move the team over there i don't know jacksonville just seems like it just it never works yeah i mean it's a good cover corner but it's it's jacksonville so we'll see mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. Not, yeah. Uh, he's going to be gone probably in a few years anyways. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be complaining. He'll end up on the Rams again. Or the yeah. next, he'll be the next <laughs> cornerback traded to the Rams. Uh, my, uh, the Cleveland Browns next up, next up, they took Jedrick Wills. Uh, smart pick here. Uh, definitely a, they need a right tackle in Cleveland. And this was probably the best right tackle available. I like the mm-hmm. pick for Cleveland. Got to protect mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield back there. He needs time. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Ben. Next up, oh, the New York Jets. <laughs> Makai Becton. What do you think about this? Finally getting some protection for Sam Darnold back there. I love this pick. Franny, what do you think? No, I think it's a great pick. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's uh, he's a great tackle. Um, he might actually be the the best in the first round. Uh, he's a big he's a big boy. He doesn't miss a lot of <laughs> and, meals, and uh, the training the training crew is going to have to keep him away from uh, Chick fil A. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I, I think, like you said, Ben, it's, it's it's a great move. You always want to protect your investment, and they're going to have to be paying um, Sam Darnold uh, in the near future. Uh, so you know, protect your investment, and that's a good start right there. Yeah, for sure. And still no running backs taken, man. Wow. Have the times changed. Uh, Next up, I mean, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Here they come. Uh, Mm -hmm. Number 12, the Las Vegas Raiders take Henry Ruggs third out of Alabama. Probably not the best wide receiver in this class, but John Gruden thinks so. Uh, He's a big guy. He's got huge speed. What do you think about the Raiders thinking they have a quarterback that isn't Derek Carr? (laughs) <laughs> well, they mean, went this, heavy in over, they went heavy on offense for for a guy yeah. that can't throw the ball yeah i mean they, they, yeah uh i think in the first what two or three rounds they took three wide receivers which is also the first time in nfl history or, or pretty yeah. close to that i think there's only been another uh one other team a long time ago that did the same exact thing yeah it's Derek carr um, not david carr john yeah <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, he's fast. I mean, this is a fast guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of folks were saying, you know, CD lamb probably would have been the better choice or, uh, or Judy as well. But, uh, you know, um, they have multiple choices now at the wide receiver position. One of these guys can be good. I'm guessing. Yeah. Back to the Raiders of old. Give me the guy <laughs> that's fastest in the 40. Uh, next up Tampa Bay Buccaneers desperate, desperate to keep Tom Brady upright and not wandering randomly into people's houses in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, they took a uh, left tackle out of Iowa. This is a nice pick. They got to protect mm-hmm. Brady. This is a two year plan. And who gives a shit what happens after that? Yep. I what? completely agree with you, Ben. I and mean, we talked about this a few weeks ago, their offensive line was struggling. They need offensive line help and looks like they, that was their first pick. So, you know, good for them and, and, you know, good for Brady and his, his, uh, knees. Yeah, I don't know how Arians was able to look cool. Uh, he's just hanging on his sun porch <laughs> back there, leaning back in his chair. You got to get, I, I get, I like Bruce Arians a lot. Uh, and he, he was probably, other than Andy Reid, probably the, looked the most comfortable in his own skin and comfortable in his environment throughout mm-hmm. that draft. He was just chilling there in his chair, out on his porch, you know, <laughs> drafting guys to protect Tom Brady. Uh, next up, <laughs> uh, a trade here. There was a trade that brought San Francisco up. Uh, where they took Javon Kinlaw, another defensive player out of South Carolina. What do you think about uh, San Francisco trading in to get their defensive player strength on strength? Uh, you know, I mean, they lost uh, DeForest uh, Buckner. And they replaced right him right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so they had to get somebody to replace him. And uh, their defense, I still think, will be as ferocious as ever next season. But this definitely adds 
uh, to the depth of the 49ers. Yeah, it was an interesting pick, I thought, there. Uh, mm-hmm. But but it looks like they want to continue to build that defense, which is pretty smart considering uh, they've got Jimmy Garoppolo behind center. Next up, wide receiver again for John Elway. Uh, takes Jerry Judy at a wide receiver out of Alabama. I, I like this pick. I probably would have mm-hmm. taken Judy uh, over Ruggs, but we'll see how that goes. But I like the Judy pick for Denver. They want Drew Locke to have Drew Locke to have targets and a target he will have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the draft was focused on making Drew Locke comfortable. Yeah, uh, I think they not only did take this wide receiver, I think they took uh, tight end. They took some offensive yeah. linemen as well. So they're trying to protect them. They're trying to give them weapons. Um, so uh, it looks like uh, Drew Locke might be their guy, at least for in the near future. We'll see how he plays next season. But it looks like they were focusing on uh, keeping him comfortable. Yeah, Judy's a little guy, but in the NFL, you know, he'll beef it up a little bit. Uh, he's a great route runner, and I think that's fits well into Vic Fangio's offense. Uh, so I think I think he'll be okay. Uh, next up at number sixteen, AJ Terrell, cornerback out of Clemson, goes to your Atlanta Falcons <laughs> and Matt Ryan. What do you think about that pick? Just picking up a little bit of help in that defense. Yeah, I, th- I think they need it. Uh, it looks like their defense. I mean, last year they picked it up. Uh, you know, towards the end of the season. Um, but you know, definitely, uh, you know, some, some, uh, some added depth for, for the secondary there. So I don't really think too much about this pick. I mean, it's, it's okay. Yeah. Nothing, nothing crazy. What do you think, Ben? I like it. I like it. I mean, I think it's a smart pick for, for Atlanta. I mean, they, they got the tools on offense. If they weren't going to go for if they weren't going to pick up somebody to help on the offensive line there, I like, I like going with a defensive player, especially in that division with the quarterbacks are going up against in that division. I think they're going to need help in the secondary. And next up, in a giant fuck you to the Philadelphia Eagles, Jerry <laughs> Jones from his living room in the bowels of his yacht, take C.D. Lamb so that the Eagles cannot. I don't know if that was the reason. Uh, maybe that was part of the reason. <laughs> he, he was maybe, to, his wife there was, was a little bit of that because you know the Eagles traded up, uh, you know, to get that uh, Dallas Goddard uh, right before uh, you know Dallas was probably going to pick him, and I'm sure the Eagles maybe were going to go after uh, Lamb here, but uh, you know they got their guy. I, I, I think they, uh, they they should have picked up uh, a defensive player uh, oh, for know, sure, a, a defensive back for sure, um, because they did struggle at that position. Uh, you know, they got some defensive players later on in the draft, but I think, you know, getting Lamb in the first round was really unnecessary. I mean, obviously, uh, it makes them uh, a little more potent on 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 offense. Now they have Amari Cooper, they have Lamb, you know, they have Zeke, uh, they have a quarterback that we still don't know whether or not will play at the beginning of the season. Um, but, you know, definitely that's a lot of weapons uh, for for the Cowboys now, so... What yeah, do you think, Ben? I don't think they expected I don't think they expected Lamp to be here at this pick. Yeah, mm. I don't think so either. I, I you know, I, I think he was expected to go maybe even top ten or or uh, even before um uh rugs or 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 Judy So. And I don't know that they would have signed Amari Cooper to that big contract had they known that they would be able to pick up a receiver of this caliber in the draft. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the weapons that they've got on that team now are pretty amazing. There will be no excuse for an eight and eight season this coming year uh, with the weapons that they will have on offense. On offense, uh, Ceedee Lamb at Oklahoma is a stud receiver, and he will he will perform in his first year in the league. Uh, next up, 
The Miami Dolphins, again, trying to protect their new quarterback, went out and took another offensive lineman, Austin Jackson, out of USC. A USC uh, offensive lineman goes again in the first round. What do you think about that pick to try to help out Tua Tagovailoa? Oh no, it's a great pick. I, I think it's a it's a good pick uh, for them. You know, they get Tua first, and they get protection uh, for Tua. So I, uh, you know, it, it definitely makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, I like what Miami's done in the offseason and in the draft. That was your pick too, Ben. That's What's a that? Pittsburgh pick right there. That number eighteen. Yeah, that is a Pittsburgh yeah. pick. Yes, thank you for reminding me. <laughs> but, yeah, but I mean, you, but you we gotta, have our you, first rounder. We have our first yeah. rounder just a year. It came in a year, you know, prior. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'll take Minka Fitzpatrick over Austin Jackson any day. I'll take the yeah, proven, no, the proven it, it, quantity. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but I like this pick here. I mean, I I think that Miami's done a lot of really interesting things in the offseason and and in this draft, and they could be competitive in that division next year. Mm-hmm. Next up, the Raiders, of course, take a cornerback out of Ohio State. I uh, can't remember who they traded with to move uh, with up Chicago. Here. With it Chicago. looks like it was Chicago. You know, I'm probably not the best cornerback that was available at this spot either. So they took the receiver. To, I mean, this is sort of typical of the Raiders. They took, a, you know, two two players that were probably not the best at their positions at the time that they were drafted. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. What do you think? Um, I'm not sure what to think about this one. I mean, you know, I, I guess it's just uh, defense an extra wasn't guy great to sort last of. Year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and, and it is, uh, you know, they have to play Kansas City twice a year, and they got some speedsters uh, as at, at, pretty much at every um, position. So, uh, you know, maybe that's what they were thinking in their mind uh, with taking a cornerback, somebody that can cover those guys. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what's going through, going on in Chucky's head. Yeah, Chucky said, "I got ten picks in this draft. I don't care." Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, we got the Jaguars again. They traded up to take. Kalavan Chason or Clavin Chason. Uh, this is, you know, another defensive edge rusher out of LSU. I like the pick. Clearly, mm-hmm. the, the Jaguars are trying to go back to the defense yep. of old. I don't have much to say other than good luck to you in Jacksonville. Yep. Yep. I completely agree. I mean, it looks like they're trying to emulate what they did just a few years ago with that strong defense that they had. Uh, their offense will most likely struggle, struggle this upcoming season because they really don't have uh, a QB uh, right now. Um, could have taken one. QB. Could have taken they one right easily. here. Yeah, they could have. They exactly. They could have taken one right there. But, you know, looks like they just want to build up that defense. Apparently with Gardner Minshew. Uh, next up. Friday, I'll just lean back in my chair <laughs> and let and let you tell me what you think about taking the teeny tiny Jalen Ragor from yeah, I mean for the Philadelphia Eagles here at pick number twenty one out of TCU. Well, I mean he's a, he's a, a little fast guy. guy. Little he's, guy. He's, a, he's a he's a fast guy. guy. You know he's gonna be able to uh, stretch the field. Um, him and and Deshaun Jackson and actually a couple other speedsters that they picked up in the draft that you know that we weren't sure were gonna be chosen. Uh, but now that I see what they've done, that you know they picked a lot of versatile guys, a lot of guys with a lot of speed. It seems like the Eagles went after all the speed guys, um, that they could, um, and guys that can play multiple positions, um. But, uh, you know, it, it was shocking. I mean, when, when, when they first made the pick, uh, I'm not a big fan of small receivers. I like my receivers, you know, over six feet. I don't like a guy that's more, you know, close to my size. Um, but, you know, uh, he didn't have a great uh, quarterback throwing the football to him uh, at Texas Christian. But, 
Um, and you know, he, he made some spectacular plays over there. So if, if he can make some spectacular plays with a pretty crappy quarterback and it's a consistent quarterback over there, uh, I'm sure he's going to be able to make big plays for the Eagles as a wide receiver, uh, even as a return guy. I mean, for so many years, Ben, you know, I'm not comparing this guy to Antonio Brown, but Antonio Brown was being used in the return game for some odd reason, even though he was yeah. the best player on the team. Uh, but this is a guy that, that he's like a Swiss Army knife. He can do a lot of things. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how this pick turns out he could be um you know the the next you know great wide receiver for the eagles or he could be nelson aguilar you just never know yeah i just thought it was it was <laughs> i thought it was an odd pick here at 21 i did there were other receivers available in the draft if that was the direction that you were going to go howie roseman is not world famous for his ability to scout wide receivers but i, I just thought it was an odd pick so I, I hope it works out as you said your return game i don't think was that strong last year and he'll probably return kicks for you uh, in his first season. I, I just thought it was an it was an it was an odd pick. I thought it was an interesting. It was interesting, but you know when you look at the entire draft, um, I'm I'm less disappointed now. After after at, seven rounds, after, after yeah, <laughs> yeah, it took seven rounds <laughs> to get there. But <laughs> but now I you know I sit back and look at the guys that they got, and uh, you know I, you know I, I can kind of see what they're trying to do. Uh, with the team because we did, uh, I mean, we really struggled on, uh, uh, you know, creating um, big plays. I mean, obviously we had uh, a lot of injuries last season too, um, but we were really lacking in the sort of speed department. We didn't have a lot of guys that could really stretch the field. I mean, JJ Arcega Whiteside was a huge disappointment. I would have rather had DK Metcalf, um, which uh, who was that, available? That's yeah, <laughs> right before. Um, but you know, we 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 just struggled to stretch the field, and so having guys like this uh, will real really open it up for the running game, uh, and also for Goddard, and also for for Ertz uh, as well. So you know, I, I, I I'm I'm not I'm not as down as I was at the beginning of the draft after the first two picks. That's for sure. Fair enough. Why y'all wasting slow, man? <laughs> Little DK I think Metcalf. they could have waited, waited a little bit longer for Regor, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, a, a you know a receiver that you could have had, uh, Justin Jefferson out of LSU goes to the Vikings, who trade up uh, to take this pick at twenty-two. Uh, I, I like this kid. I mean, he's got all the tools in the toolbox for a wide receiver, and I mean, I think they needed to replace Stephon Diggs, and they did so. Uh, with mm -hmm. Justin Jefferson. No, I completely agree with you. He's a more polished uh, wide receiver um, than, you know, probably Jalen Ragor is. And, you know, the Eagles maybe should have picked him up. Uh, but it's a good pickup for uh, Minnesota. He's, uh, you know, he's 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 ready. I mean, he's, he's a polished wide receiver. He's ready for the league. Um, and that was, uh, you know, they could thank the Eagles for, uh, for him hanging around there. Yeah, exactly. Howie Roseman. But we might as well trust him. Uh, next up, the Chargers trade up as well to take linebacker Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. Uh, they gave up a bunch of picks to get him, but he is a big-time linebacker, and God knows the Chargers' defense was horrific last year. I'm surprised they didn't take more defensive players in this draft, but I like this pick, linebacker out of Oklahoma. What do you think? You know, actually, um, I didn't realize that the Chargers had a second pick in the first round. This is like the first time <laughs> that I actually realized that that uh, two picks. But no, good, good, good pick for them, Ben. I mean, you know, their defense wasn't the greatest. 
you know, try to. Uh, You're always so complimentary you. of everybody. They sucked. They flat out sucked. Rivers was running uphill. Uh, he was like Sisyphus last year, trying to get that team out of holes game after game. Some of those holes he put them in, uh, but he was running uphill a lot last year. Uh, next up, the New Orleans Saints with their first pick in this draft take Cesar Ruiz. Uh, they needed, you know, help at protecting Drew Brees, and they got it here with uh, the offensive lineman out of Michigan. What say you? Good pick. Good pick, Ben. What do you think? I think that this. I mean, I think he should have went sooner. If you ask me, uh, this kid is is a solid, solid lineman, and God knows Drew Brees needs the support going into his. He's gonna be forty one this year, forty one, forty two, somewhere in there. Uh, maybe is it gonna be forty one? During this next coming season, I think uh, around there, uh, you know, 40, 41. But Drew Brees with enough time uh, to survey the field, I think, is a is still a dangerous, dangerous quarterback. And, and I love, love, love this pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, the mm-hmm. San Francisco 49ers, another trade. They trade up to take Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver out of Arizona State that fits into uh, Shanahan's offense. Nicely great route runner. What do you think about? San Francisco getting another weapon on offense after trading away Goodwin and letting yeah, I mean, Sanders were, were, go. Yeah, they were they were busy. I mean, Brita also you know was moved uh, to Miami, um, so I mean they they were busy uh, today, and uh, you know their their receiving core last year there were no big name uh, players. Uh, in the receiving core, so you know this this is a good pickup for them, and uh, you know hopefully he'll he'll. Uh, He'll fit right. I'm just looking at his another uh, receiver. To, another receiver the Eagles could have taken. Uh, he's yeah, over true. six foot. Review his profile right over here. Yeah, he's, he's over six feet. He, I think he's over six foot. Yeah, I like I like receivers. So, I, mean, I like know, Arizona they, State receivers. I always have. Their uh, you know their defense is very solid, um, as as we know. So I mean this is a, this is a great weapon for uh, for Jimmy GQ. Yeah, I mean, um, with Goodwin gone and and Sanders gone, not that Sanders yep. was a big part of the offense. And Breida too. Breida's gone. Yeah. Yeah, but they so, plug yeah. and they plug and play with their with their running backs down there. You could throw me in there, yeah, at least for a game. I've at least for run. a game, maybe not for two games, <laughs> but for a game, you could get me. You get a quarter out of me. I could probably get forty yards in a quarter <laughs> with them. I, I might be in the hospital for a significant <laughs> period of time, but I could probably do it. Uh, next up, the most controversial pick of the draft. Not only did the Green Bay Packers take a quarterback, but they trade up to do it. What say you about taking Jordan Love out of Utah State with Aaron Rodgers coming up on his 36th birthday? What do you think about that? I think it's interesting. Um, you know, I, 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 how old was Brett Favre? When 35. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's around that time. Now, obviously, you know, Love is not going to be a starter right away. Um, this is a guy that's going to well, sit behind Aaron Rodgers. You think he's going to start in front of Aaron Rodgers? I don't think he's going to start it for Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> but I think Aaron Rodgers is not what he used to be. No, he's he's not. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, uh, he he's he's getting closer to forty. He's closer to forty now than he is to thirty. Um, but I, I think as, it was a good move. You? you know, a, a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Ben. Uh, I think <laughs> maybe that's Aaron why Rodgers are the you same and age. Aaron Rodgers are the same age. That's why you're so protective of him. <laughs> yeah, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, but. Uh, no, this is this is. I think it was about. I don't know about giving away or, or or trading up for this guy. I don't know how good this guy is. I didn't hear too much about love heading into the draft. I also don't pay that much attention to the draft as well. 
Um, but, you know, I, I think it's about that time right now where you have to start considering what you're going to be doing in the future, two to three years from now. Um, you know, how far or how much will Aaron Rodgers uh, sort of regress? I mean, you know, 37, 38, 39 is getting to, you know, Philip Rivers uh, territory. And we see what Philip Rivers is now. Drew Brees with his uh, arm strength uh, that's almost completely gone. Uh, you know, Damn near. Aaron, even even uh, you know Tom Brady's not the same guy. Obviously, he's he's quite a few years older. Um, but I think this is the time now to be searching out that next uh, uh, quarterback for uh, the Green Bay Packers, and they've been so lucky for what since for twenty thirty years now. I mean, they had you know, they had Brett Favre, yep. and then you know they, they pivot from Brett Favre and go to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so you have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in a row, and that doesn't happen to you, you know, unless you're like the the Colts went from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Um, but I think this is the time now to start looking for that next guy because this guy is obviously not proven. So if he doesn't work out, maybe you get another guy next year. If that guy doesn't work out, then you go yeah, for the next one. I mean, they gave away too much. And, and as much as I am not Aaron Rodgers' biggest fan, this is the more things change, the more they stay the same. The, they, the issue in Green Bay for many, many years now and under Brett Favre for a lot of years as well is they never had the supporting cast around their quarterback. You know, the team has never been deep enough. It's not Aaron Rodgers' fault that they've only won one Super Bowl. It wasn't Brett Favre's. Well, he did get to two. He lost the one. But, I mean, Favre had a better team by and large year in and year out than, than Rodgers has had. And this is just more of the same. I mean, they have an opportunity to go out and pick a, a, a skill player here in the first round to help them out on offense or at the least take an impact player on defense to, to build the depth on that team, and they don't do it. Instead, they trade away picks to pick up a quarterback that they're not going to need. Uh, this is something that, that the Steelers didn't even do with Roethlisberger at 38 years old. Uh, the, I mean, they need depth on this team. They do not have a deep roster. They have a pretty piss poor receiving core. They have no running game to speak of, really. I mean, I can't. I mean, the running back's name is sort of a. Uh, I mean, he came. He played well down the stretch there, but he's not. He was actually he, all right. He was actually. He, I, can't, I mean, I, I, once the season ends, I forget a lot of these guys' names. But he was actually. You know, he wasn't. Better he than wasn't it, bad. But they do not. They've had. Uh, but the, the offensive line struggled last year as well. I, I just think it's way, way too early. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want to win a Super Bowl now, Matt Lafleur, uh, <laughs> uh, I think this was this was as much as I dislike Aaron Rodgers. This was not a smart move. Yeah, no, not smart to move, to move up. It was you know no. you take a quarterback, you take a quarterback, and and, uh, and you know you see you know how how decent the guy is, and and see if he's maybe the right guy moving forward. But you don't move up. You don't when Aaron Rodgers is your starting quarterback right now. You don't you know lose draft picks and yeah, move up to get another like quarterback. It. Yeah, no, you get you get a you know a wide receiver, you get a running back, you get an offensive lineman, something like that to either protect him or give him weapons. Um, so you know, I, I think it's a good idea to take a quarterback, but definitely a bad idea to do it this early in the draft. Yeah, that was pretty and stupid. giving away picks to do it. I, I mean, Rodgers, you know, he was pretty clear early on, leading into this draft, that he would he was anticipating that they would take a skill player because it's not something that they typically do in the first round. And again, they didn't, and they they pissed away this pick, if you ask me. Unless he develops into the next Aaron Rodgers, yeah. So they can Which I doubt. they can Which win, I doubt. so they can get to the playoffs and lose in the first round. I guess for yeah. the next ten years, <laughs> or the, or the run. first or second round. Yeah, I just think it was a, it was a very typical Packers move right there. Uh, next up, 
with another giant fuck you to the league, Pete Carroll says, I don't give a shit what you think. I'm taking Jordan Brooks. I think so. I'm taking <laughs> Jordan Brooks, linebacker out of Texas Tech, and I don't give a shit what you all think. They couldn't get him on television because no one expected this pick. He was not available. No webcam in sight for Jordan <laughs> Brooks uh, because no one expected him to go in the first round. But this is something that, that you cannot question Pete Carroll and John Schneider when it comes to picking defensive players. So I'm going to tip my hat and say this is probably a smart pick. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the same thing, Ben. I mean, that's what I was just about to say. I'm not going to question any of his picks, especially on defense. He really knows how to build a good defense. So, yeah, Bobby Wagner, this guy, this guy will be good, I'm sure. Yeah. And Bobby Wagner, you know, playing the anti Brett Favre, anti Aaron Rodgers. As soon as this pick was made, called Pete Carroll, got this kid's phone number and got on the phone with him right away to welcome him to the team and get him started and give him his full support, even though he may be. Bobby Wagner's replacement at some point, but I love this pick because I just trust him. I just trust Pete mm-hmm. Carroll. Another linebacker goes to the Ravens. I oh, mean, the Ravens had a good draft, unfortunately. Yeah, actually, the Ravens, Ben, they had a they good draft. Good. I don't like yeah, it. Yeah, they look good. I mean, they look good last year, obviously. Harbaugh was very serious in that study of his. But uh, yeah, they they had uh, for a good team already. Yeah, they had a very good draft. Yeah, they had a nice pick. I mean, they take Patrick Queen, linebacker at LSU. I think you know. Uh, some of these LSU players are going to be bust because, you know, I think they had 10 players go uh, or 15 players go in this draft. Mm-hmm. That's typical because they won the national championship. Doesn't necessarily mean that all these, I mean, they can't possibly have 15 NFL players on their <laughs> roster. <clears throat> that's just not possible. So let's hope that this is one of the players that's a bust, but has a pretty good draft grade. And the last thing that we need in the AFC North is another stud linebacker on the Baltimore Ravens. Any thoughts oh, there? Yeah, sorry. I'm, uh, my microphone just tipped over. I don't know if you heard that. Oh, I did. Um, it's okay. Oh, you did? Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure what's wrong with his arm. It, it just spins around too easily. Um, but uh, no, like you know, like I said, Ben, they had a great draft. Uh, and, and I'm also not going to question any of Harbaugh's uh, defensive picks in the draft as well. He always does a great job uh, putting a defense together there in Baltimore. Yeah, and another pick for, for Tennessee. They went heavy. On the non-skill positions in this draft, Isaiah Wilson, they take an offensive lineman out of the University of Georgia. Uh, huge right tackle to protect. Who's there? Uh, to protect Ryan Tannehill, which I think is probably a smart move. Uh, but the Titans go out and, and take an offensive lineman. What say you? Oh, good move. Good move. Um, you know, like you said, Ben, protect uh, Tannehill. And I'm always a big fan of offensive linemen taken in the first round yeah i mean he's been uh, laramie tunsil gets 66 million dollars mm-hmm. this week on a three-year deal uh, that's a huge contract for an offensive lineman they're just not exciting you know they're not exciting in the draft no one jumps up and screams uh when an offensive lineman is 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 drafted but these guys are as important as anybody else if not more important than anybody else on your team but the quarterback so i like that pick there uh, next up, again, the Miami Dolphins continue to build up that defense, taking Noah Igbenohe. Wait, I'm going to try this. Igbenohe. <laughs> Is that close? I think that's pretty good. Actually, you know, that, that was that was probably one of your better uh, pronunciations. Pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I like this. I mean, this. Better than this, su. <laughs> <not like> a, <laughs> su. Uh, this is uh, I'll I say, I say, <laughs> su. I say uh, su. And he's on a new team, too. Uh, again. Yeah, uh, nobody wants them anymore. Yeah, nobody will. But I think this is probably the top or or 
second-best quarterback in this entire draft, and this Miami team is really starting to look mm-hmm. like they could be competitive. This is a this kid yeah. is really, really a great cornerback. What do you think? Yep. I mean, in that division, if you know Tua can play to the levels that we expect him to play at, um, you know, with, with where he was taken in the draft, if he can stay healthy. And with the moves that the Dolphins made and the players that they picked up, not only in the draft, but with trades, um, you know, they, they, they could definitely not, not, well, I'm not, not for the rest of the league, but at least in the AFC East there, there's definitely some competition there now. Cause you know, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with new England next year. Uh, you look at the bills, uh, the jets, you know, the dolphins now, I mean, any one of those teams, depending on how the new England does any one of those teams, I think can win the AFC East now, especially with these moves from the Dolphins. I'm, I've, I've been impressed with the Dolphins because last year, uh, you know, they won five games and we expected them to win almost zero. I mean, they, they were expected to win maybe maybe two. You know, they were, they were expected to be one of the worst teams in the league, but they won five with the team that they had then. And now this team, you know, they, they, they you know, I could see them winning uh, maybe eight, maybe nine, you know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I like what the Dolphins have done. I'm shocked. Uh, Florio, I mean, they know what they're, they know what they're doing down there. Did I lose you, Ben? Yeah, yeah. Nope. We're good. We're oh, good. okay. Okay. Looked like you just froze. Oh, I'm, I'm frozen at the thought of the Dolphins <laughs> being competitive. It was too much to take. It's been a long time. It was too it's much been... to take. Uh, but no, I, again, I like this. I like this pick. I like just about everything they did in this draft and, uh, in and outside the, the, the offseason, they, they got a great head coach down there, and I think, I think, I think, I think they're going to be competitive. Uh, next up, your Minnesota Vikings, another cornerback off the board from Texas, Christian Jeff Gladney. Uh, obviously, they have a need at corner, uh, that with Rhodes and 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 the corners they had down there and the safeties they had down there last year. Sandejo's gone, he's back. Uh, they 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 struggled in the, in the secondary in Minnesota, and I think this is a nice pick. Jeff Gladney. Oh yeah, I know he's he's, he's um, you know athletic cornerback, and uh, you know I think it was a safe pick for them. I mean it's a position that they definitely needed to fill, so uh, good for them. And set off the shofar. This is the first running back taken in this draft, number thirty-two. Clyde Edwards Hilaire out of LSU goes to the Kansas City Chiefs and Tommy Bahama, Andy Reid. What say you about this pick, Franny? Man, they're going to have a scary offense. Because they're a little year. light in the running back <laughs> position. I mean, if there's one position where they're a little bit light, it's running back. Yeah, I mean, but they're, you know, they're, they're, they're wide receivers, uh, you know, can come around on jet sweeps and, and you know, do all sorts of things on offense there. Um, but this guy, you know, he, he's, uh, now this is a guy. And I got to hate when the people This say is that. a guy. <laughs> <laughs> he reminds no, but, me of Maurice Jones Drew, and he went to the same school. He's a, he's a small Actually, guy. Actually, no. I'm a, I'm uh, Maurice, didn't Jones Drew go to? L, uh, he went to uh, UCLA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, but uh, no. For, he's he's a, he's a pass catching running back. Uh, uh, Andy Reid loves those patch ca- pass catching running backs, as as do I. He's a short guy, um, and I also like running backs that are small and strong and fast and can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, this this their offense. I mean, it's going to be scary. Look like a little bit bigger Sproles to me. Yeah, a stronger, a stronger, a little bit taller, definitely yeah. can can push the pile. This guy, this little guy. 
All right, Friday, we're about an hour in. You want to take uh, you want to take a little bit of a check, make sure our audio and everything is good, and then we'll get right back to it. I think that's a good idea, Ben. All right, folks, hold tight. All right, and we are back, and uh, we just covered the first round of the draft, Ben, but I think that's the only round that we're going to cover. There are yeah, so many yeah. picks. Uh, let's talk a little bit about our you, tag teams. It looks like you froze right there, Ben, but you're back. Okay. Yeah, let's yeah. <laughs> yeah, bear with us, folks. Thank you all so much for bearing with us on this remote podcast. Uh, you know, the technology is not everything that it could be. Everyone seems to want to be online on a Saturday night. Uh, but we're going to go through the tag team drafts in their entirety. So we have first up, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. Franny is a huge Philadelphia Eagles fan. We already went through Jalen Rieger at 5'11", which means he's about 5'10", and he comes out of TCU. But next up, <laughs> uh, they took Jalen Hurts, quarterback, out of Oklahoma. What did you think about that pick? we got to talk about that one. That came out of nowhere as far as I was concerned. Yeah, I think it did. I mean, I think it really surprised a lot of people. It probably surprised um, Jalen Hurts as well. You know, it, it's uh, for him. I mean, he he has he has the potential to be uh, a starting quarterback or at least fighting for um, a potential starting spot on, on some teams. But I mean, uh, even on the Steelers, I mean, it would have been a great pickup yes, for yes, yes. Uh, the Steelers to get uh, Jalen Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you, Jalen Hurts. I know, I, know, I know you were you were disappointed about that. And I know before the draft, they also talked about Jalen Hurts potentially um, being picked up by by the Steelers. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, but I mean, it, it's uh, you know when you, when you look at Wentz's history uh, so far, <laughs> uh, he's 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 injury prone. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, he hasn't really finished the entire season. He did finish the sixteen games uh, this past season, but he was ultimately injured in the playoffs um so i mean it's 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 a good it's definitely good to have a, a, a it's great to have a good backup um you know if when Wentz is your quarterback or if you have a quarterback that is injury prone i just don't know if i would have chosen him in the second round you know i mean uh you know maybe it doesn't have to be uh hurts it could have been another quarterback in later rounds because the eagles you know they need um you know they needed safeties. They needed uh, linebacker help. They needed cornerback help. Um, you know, a center possibly. So there were there were other needs that could have been addressed at that spot in the draft. But they ended up taking a quarterback. And uh, you know, we'll see how it works out in the long run. I mean, Nate Sudfeld did just sign a one year contract, so most likely, um, you know, he's gone after this season. Uh, and uh, Jalen Hurts will will you know fill in that backup role, and they'll probably get some you know third string no name guy that we've never heard of um behind him um but it is but, what it is and but, i know a lot of eagles fans were very disappointed by it yeah i mean a lot i mean a lot of i mean he's probably the best the best quarterback that was available at that point it just seemed like uh you know they may not be completely enthusiastic about Wentz's chances of staying healthy for yet a full season even though he made it you know all the way through to a playoff game before a questionable hit from Clowney took him out. I mean, it, they, it, I think it shows that they are recognizing that Wentz might not make it through the season. Just protect yourself at all times. 
That is something that Wentz needs to learn. He needs to take Floyd Mayweather. And he advice. does. He does. He definitely does. Yeah, he does. He just runs around. He needs to go to the launching Russell his body Wilson, all over the place. Russell Wilson school of protecting yourself. Yeah, he needs to go to the Jeff Bagwell school of sliding. He needs. I mean, he needs to just go to baseball <laughs> camp, learn how to slide effectively. Maybe that's why Russell Wilson does it so well because he was actually. Uh, could have played baseball and actually still is a member, I believe, of the New York Yankees. He was drafted by the New York Yankees. He could be playing baseball professionally as well. But, I mean, Wentz has got to figure out a way to get down. Uh, but, you know, who would you have taken here? I mean, if you, you know, if they move, you know, you move Hurts off the board, you know, what would have been your position of need here? Would you have taken another wide receiver or would you have gone the defensive back here? No, I would have. I would have uh, probably went with uh, with a safety or a corner, you know. Um, but the next the next pick though, the, uh, they did sort of address that. I mean, they did uh, get a linebacker that can play multiple positions. He's a fast guy. Looks like they uh, they picked up Davion Taylor, um, who's you know he, he's got some very good speed. He's a fast yep. linebacker. Yep. Um, but he could also play safety. I mean, it looks like uh, you know he's fast. He's versatile. Um, and it seems like the kind of guy that uh, Howie Roseman likes to go after. And, and it's, you know, they did address it, but maybe could have gotten a better player in the second round. But I'm happy with that third uh, third round pick. Yeah, but it's always nice to have a quarterback. I mean, it is. It's nice. You know, what, what is that saying? The first most important player on your team is the quarterback. The second most important player on your team is the backup quarterback. And the third most important player on the team is your third string quarterback. So next up, they took Kevon Wallace. Out of, there you get your safety. At, you get your safety out of Clemson. I like that pick. Can you hear me? Oh, you're 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 freezing a lot. Oh, yeah, it's my kind of coming through. Um, I, I was mentioning. Yeah. Uh, Kavon- like you're you're, you're, uh, you're yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we got Kevon Wallace out of Clemson as the next pick. Oh, yeah, also, also another good pick. I mean, similar to the third round pick of a guy um, that also has uh, has a lot of speed, versatility. I mean, it seems like all the guys that they picked up in the draft were fast, versatile guys that could play multiple positions, at least on defense. Yeah, and you got a uh, Jack Jack Driscoll at Auburn. Finally, you take mm-hmm. a guard mm-hmm. or a tackle in this draft. Finally, uh, in the yeah. fourth round, you try to protect Carson Wentz a little bit better with uh, Peters on his way out. Yeah, John Hightower out of Boise State. You finally got another, or you got another wide receiver. Man, how many wide receivers do you have on your roster right now? I think there are uh, 14, but uh, <laughs> your audio is, your audio is skipping though, Ben. Your, it's, um, your video is blurry and your audio is skipping, so it's really hard to uh, to hear you right now. All right, we're going to take a quick break, see if we can fix this audio. We will be right back. All right, and we are back, and uh, we had some audio and video issues right there. Um, but, uh, you know, we don't have IT in our basement like Roger Goodell. We have to do it ourselves, and uh, we finally figured it out. We just, uh, I'm not sure what's going on with Zoom, Ben, ben but uh, it, it seems like um, maybe there's a whole bunch of people on on a Saturday night yeah. like this doing the exact yeah, the- same thing that we're doing. <laughs> yeah, but not as well as we do it. So please come back. <laughs> The Thirsting Gold Podcast. 
Uh, next up, you took Jack Driscoll. We talked about that. Uh, finally get a little help for Carson Wentz and Hurts as well. You got John Hightower, wide receiver out of Boise. What do you think about that? Yeah. Pick? Also another good pick, uh, you know, very fast guy. I mean, every single guy that the Eagles picked had a lot of speed. They have a lot of speed. Uh, John Hightower, I believe he's a little bit taller. He might actually might be over six feet tall, uh, which is what I like uh, about wide receivers to be able to go up and catch the ball. I don't care what your vertical is. If you're 6'2 and your vertical is 38 inches, it's better than if you're 5'10 and your vertical is 38 inches. You're going to get a little bit higher and you're going to be able to grab some of those balls uh, thrown your way. And, uh, you know, I, I believe some of these... Uh, you know, wide receivers that the Eagles selected later in the rounds were, you know, if it was any other year, these guys would probably be projected to go maybe third or fourth round. But this is such a deep wide receiver class this year that even getting this guy at number five uh, and then also a few picks later around six, uh, Quez Watkins, you know, it seems like it's late in the rounds, but any other year, these guys would probably be third, fourth round guys. So, um, you know, maybe found some good value with uh, with the wide receivers taken later in these rounds. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And you squeezed in uh, linebacker, Sean Bradley at a temple in there as well. Mm -hmm. And Prince is a hometown home state guy. So that's, that's a good pick for him. Good pick for the Eagles. Not that I'm from, you know, Pennsylvania or from Philadelphia, but being a fan from there, that's good for him. And uh, you know, he, he, he looks, he looks pretty decent, you know, yeah, the highlight reel at least. Yeah, for sure. And then you also, yeah, you took uh, Quez Watkins out of Southern Miss. I love Southern Miss receivers, by the way. Uh, that was actually a nice pickup, I think, late in the draft. What'd you think about yeah. Quez? Yeah. Also happy with that. I mean, you know, with fourteen wide receivers on uh, on the roster, you know, uh, I'm sure one or two of those guys might be pretty decent. Yeah. Then Prince Tega, Wanango, uh, Auburn, another tackle. Uh, out of Auburn, taken and another bit of protection for Carson Wentz. Probably mm-hmm. down the road, this guy's a little bit of a de- developmental player, not ready for yeah. prime time. But but, what do you think about that pick? Also, I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, I'm, you know, he's probably gonna end up on the practice squad. I mean, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, sixth, seventh rounders, they are not, you know, you know, they don't make the fifty-three man uh, roster on the on the you know. First day, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So I mean, you know, eventually in the future, those guys get a little bit of training. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll they'll hopefully be okay, or they might be out of league. Who knows? But, um, but I, you know, I thought it was a decent draft altogether for the Eagles. You know, the first two picks were a little, you know, I, I was scratching my head for sure. But, um, you know, some 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 great picks that they made. Um, today, you know, the third day of the draft, it took a while to get there, but uh, you know, I think the Eagles have some some good potential in these guys, especially with the wide receivers. And, uh, you know, if, if they can sort of, uh, you know, emulate what Kansas City has with those speedsters and to be able to run that type of offense. And, and we know um, that Doug Peterson um, was, you know, he was with Andy Reid for quite a long time, both as, as a player and as an assistant uh, or a coordinator. Um, so, you know, you learn from him. And if they can sort of do the same thing in Philadelphia, I'm sure they can find a lot of success. So. I think yeah. that's sort of where they're moving towards. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was a pretty solid draft. I was a little bit surprised by the quarterback and the receiver taken so high or the receiver that was taken as high as that receiver was taken. But overall, I think it was a pretty good draft for the Eagles. Want to move on to the Steelers? 
Let's move on to the Steelers, Ben. All right. Chase Claypool, our first pick in the draft. A big six foot four, 240 pounder out of Notre Dame. I love this pick. And in the Steelers, we trust when it comes to wide receivers, another big receiver to put opposite Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, and what is not a great receiving core for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I love this pick. What's oh, so you? do I, Ben? Yeah, no, so do I. Uh, but it's, it's your team and I want to hear. From you, not yeah, myself. I, 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 I like want to hear my opinions. <laughs> I, mean, I, I do. I like this pick. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to bet against uh, Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin when it comes to picking up wide receivers. I mean, he's a huge, huge, huge. He was, I think, the only wide receiver or one of only two wide receivers to run under four four five in the forty at his size. Uh, so he's got speed, strength. He's got a huge wingspan, the ability to go up and get the ball and tear the ball away from defenders. I really like this kid. I think he fits with what the Steelers like to do, and I think Roethlisberger will have a little bit more margin for error with this kid out on the field. I mean, he he does throw his fair share of interceptions, especially late in the game. So I think this is a nice, nice target for Ben Roethlisberger and a smart kid as well. So I think this is a nice pick for them. Uh, next up, we took Alex Highsmith. Uh, we need a good linebacker on that team. We got to, to buttress that linebacking core. Uh, strength on strength with the defense. So we took Alex Highsmith out of Charlotte. I like this pick as well. Uh, I don't have much negative to say. I mean, it's obviously a third-round pick here at the linebacker position. You know, I mean, he walked on at, uh, at Charlotte and ended up being a two-year starter. I mean, that says something about his character as well. Um, I, I think he's, I think he's a solid pickup. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything bad about uh, about Highsmith out of Charlotte. You don't see a lot of linebackers coming out of Charlotte, but you know he plays well in the three four. And if the Steelers, you know, the Steelers need to build strength on strength on that defense, and I like it. He's a he's a violent player. Uh, he gets to the ball fast, and you know, see ball, get ball. I I, I like this kid. Uh, next up, we took. Anthony McFarland Jr., who I know very little about, a running back out of Maryland. Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty. I thought this was an interesting pick. But, uh, you know, because it, it, you it's know, when, a weird whenever, one. The last you know couple of years without Le'Veon Bell, and whenever Le'Veon Bell was injured, and and they had to fill in for him. You know, the Steelers always seem to struggle at this position, and uh, I've never heard of this guy. And you know, just just watching the draft today and and, and watching the highlights, he didn't look impressive either. And that, that is a weak point for, for the, Steelers. the Steelers. And, uh, you know, maybe they can find someone drafted guys out there, but he didn't look no. that good. You know, but he's got a good burst. He's, he's fast. Uh, he's a tough runner. He's going to get to the seam or get to the corner pretty well. He's got nice, you know, a nice, nice burst through the hole if there is a hole. Uh, and hopefully with the Steelers offensive line, we can, we can use him as a nice change of pace back with Connor. Uh, we've still got, uh, what's his name out of Penn State, whose name escapes me right now? We have a stable of mediocre running backs on the team after Connor. And Benny it Snell? Yeah, Benny Snell. It would be nice to get a, a solid running back back on this team that could stay healthy for a full season. It's Benny been a Snell long time. Hasn't been that great. No, I think he no, was he taking hasn't somewhere around. He was taking somewhere around this. Yeah, I think it was, it was in fourth round, round, maybe two or third round. Yeah, so not very impressive. Hopefully but, this guy, I mean, you know, just watching the tape, you know they showed today. I mean, obviously, I didn't do my research on this particular guy, but just watching that that those, those short snippets, you know, like you said, he, he he can get to the edge in the NFL. It's a little bit more difficult to get to the edge than it is in college. But you know, I hope things work out though. 
Yeah, with this me guy. too. Me too. Next up, we took Kevin Dotson. Uh, I like this kid. I actually like this kid. Uh, another guard. God knows the Steelers are going to have to be worrying about paying or moving on from Villaueva as well as some of their uh, foster as well. So they have some issues on the line coming up next year and the year after. So, I mean, I like picking up a, picking up a guard here. You know, he didn't, he didn't participate in the combine, but he's got a nasty, nasty attitude, which I like in our offensive players. You've got to have that to protect Ben Roethlisberger back there uh, because at his age, you need someone who's going to, who's going to play tough. Uh, he's not going to start right away, but, but I like this sort of preparing for what is going to be some issues on the offensive line going forward. Uh, next up, we took a safety. You know, we, you know, we obviously we have Micah Fitzpatrick now, but I love building strength on strength in the defense. You know, he's a linebacker slash safety out of Maryland. So two players out of Maryland in this draft, which is a little odd for the Steelers. Uh, but he's, you know, he's quick enough to close the gaps out there if he has to play this year or the year after. Uh, he's almost six foot, 220 pounds. I mean, I, 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 I like nasty safeties and you know, I'm not going to argue with this pick late in the game. And then we took a defensive lineman out of Nebraska. I like any player out of Nebraska for some strange reason. I don't know why I'm partial to Nebraska players. Maybe it was back in the day when they won that national championship over Miami. Uh, but I, I like Nebraska players. You know, he, you know, he ran a pretty, pretty good 40 at 313 pounds at 482. Uh, you know, he's got, guy. yeah, he's got some upside, but way down the seventh round, you know, we'll see what happens with this guy. But, but all in all, I, I, other than the fact that we really didn't even entertain taking a quarterback, uh, even in the fourth round when there were still quarterbacks available at that time. Mm-hmm. We all saw what happened last year with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, neither one of which is ready for prime time. And, Yep. It, it it could be another scary season if Roethlisberger goes down. I'm not telling I'm not saying they should have traded up. I mean, obviously I did say they should trade up in the first round and take Herbert. But but barring that, <laughs> it, it would be nice to have some some kind of insurance plan for Roethlisberger. I mean, they didn't even make a move in the offseason to pick up a journeyman or a veteran quarterback. They didn't even sniff around at at trading for Andy Dalton. Although we didn't yeah, well, have a lot yeah, of Yeah, I mean a trade. But at least, at least signing somebody, no, I mean, you know, uh, you're, the Steelers are strapped for cash right now and, and, and really can't pay anybody if they are under a contract. But, um, you know, it, it is pretty interesting, though, that they, I mean, they, they could have had Jalen Hurts. I mean, they, <laughs> I mean he, yeah. was, he was there uh, for the had, taking. I mean, even Eason and Fromm. That's what, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was about to say, Ben. I mean, they had those guys. Those guys were sitting there for such a long time. And uh, with Eason, uh, you know, I th- he went to the Vikings, I believe. I mean, he's going to be sitting behind Kirk Cousins yeah. regardless. Well, maybe. Um, yeah, it, well, I'm pretty sure he will be. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, Kirk motherfucking Cousins is still pretty good. Um, but, says, you know, you definitely... Says you. <laughs> says the Vikings organization. Says Sean Payton. Uh, <laughs> no, but you, you just never know, you know, how Roethlisberger will perform this year. Um, especially with the way he's looked on video recently, you have no idea how he's going to perform. Um, but then you know you have you have two players that I, I really think that's that's the as that's the best you're going to get from either of those guys, either Rudolph or or Doug Hodges. I think that's as good as they are. They were given a chance to shine and they failed miserably. You know, yeah. Doug Hodges, he looked good for a second there until defenses figured him out. And I don't, I, you know, having them as the backups to, uh, you know, questionable 
quarterback right now just because of his age. Um, I, I, I think the Steelers really should have done something to address the backup quarterback position. Yeah, and we were still we'll one. Trade we'll trade you Jalen Hurts, though. <laughs> well, I would take him. We're still. <laughs> I'll take we're Mika st- Patrick. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can't give up Mika. But we were still one win away from the playoffs last year, and to miss the playoffs again this year if Roethlisberger goes down would be a shame. I mean, it, it it's not giving the rest of the team enough support. I mean, if we even if we had Josh McCown last year. Or this year, going into this year. I mean, I think Josh McCown would have got us into the playoffs last year if Roethlisberger went down and we were stuck with Hodges and Rudolph. I think someone like McCown could have gotten us to the playoffs last year. So to to throw all your eggs in what is a pretty ugly, rotten basket with Rudolph and Hodges, I think they should have done at least something to address Mm -hmm. the quarterback position in the offseason or in the draft. I think they were a little reticent to go after another young quarterback that might disappoint them. Uh, through the draft, but that, that that's no excuse for not going out and and tr- I mean Case Keenum was available. I don't know what he makes, but he you know he ended up with the Redskins, right? Case Keenum's over in Washington, I think. I, I believe he is right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how expensive. I don't know what, what how much money they had to give him or whether he was still under contract. Mm-hmm. But even someone like that would be nice to have sitting on the bench behind Roethlisberger. Mm-hmm. But we've never yeah, but had even, we've never had a backup quarterback. Where uh, you know in the fourth round, where where you know Anthony McFarlane was taken, yep, there were quarterbacks sitting around there, um, and and you know what what easily could have picked up one of those guys and and uh, you know found some undrafted running back, uh, and 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 taken him. I don't know if this guy's gonna be any good, you know, in, in the position <laughs> that you know obviously they, the Steelers have struggled in, but there are so many questions with Roethlisberger right now that. <laughs> I probably would have taken from or, or Easton. Either one of those guys. I mean, even uh, there was a guy from a, a college that I've never heard of that was even taken before from. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and Easton, yeah. I forgot who it is. But I mean, there, there were there were teams just taking quarterbacks that didn't necessarily need quarterbacks, but the Steelers really need a backup quarterback. And it is shocking that they didn't at least you know take a flyer on yeah. some dude out there. Yeah, they're all in. They are all Sorry, in ben. on Big Ben. Well, we'll Sorry, see. Ben, but I, other than that, I think that a decent keep draft, them upright. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I like the draft. I just I wish they had taken a quarterback in there somewhere. I mean, because especially because so many of them dropped in the draft because the teams there were there were so few teams that needed to go out and grab a quarterback. And the Eagles and uh, the the Packers Green Bay took, Packers, took yeah. quarterbacks that they didn't need. Uh, but still, there were not a lot of teams out there scouting for quarterbacks. And they were available for the Steelers to take, and they just they just opted not to do it instead of running back out of Maryland. I wonder why. I wonder why. I wonder what the what the thought Big process Ben's was. Ego, baby. It, yeah, but I mean, even then, I mean, he still has two guys sitting behind him that are just not that great. Well, yeah. What's the difference whether you bring in one more other guy? I mean, you know, obviously he's the starter. As long as he's healthy, he's going to be the starter. Uh, you know, no, nobody's going to come in and, and battle for, you know, the number one starting position in, in Pittsburgh until, you know, he retires or he just has an injury that he can't return from. Um, but, but it tells me I, there, it's just a, it's a head scratcher. It tells me they're really enthusiastic about his recovery. So maybe that's good news. <laughs> that's uh, good. Yeah. And yeah. uh, next up, we got the Seattle Seahawks Sonia's team. Uh, she won't be joining us tonight, but we want to give a little bit of a rundown for Sonia's team on the number two or in, in the second round. Uh, they took a defensive end, Daryl Taylor, out of Tennessee. I didn't mind that pick. What do you think about that one? I trust Pete Carroll there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they went after Damian Lewis out of LSU. Uh, finally, finally taking an offensive lineman. Uh, Russell Wilson appears to be on his own for yet another season. Uh, the, the Seahawks <laughs> took only one offensive lineman in his entire draft, and it was Damian Lewis out of LSU. So, Russell Wilson, good luck to you next year. Uh, the defense apparently is going to hopefully send you back on the field pretty often where you will be fighting for your life because next up they took a tight end. I, I like this pick, actually. Uh, Colby Parkinson at a Stanford. Yeah. I like this pick. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, well, Stanford uh, tight ends are pretty darn good. Yeah. If and you they, ask me, Ben. And they've been <laughs> – and they <laughs> yeah. Didn't uh, – is Zach Ertz – where is where is he from? Oh, he went Stanford. He went yeah, Stanford. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, like uh, six you know, tight ends out of Stanford in the last six drafts. It seems like it. It seems like every year there's there's at least one tight end uh, from Stanford. A couple good ones and in there. This guy, this guy is huge. Yeah, I like this kid. And they and they struggled That's what with she the tight. Said. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> they was six seven. They struggled. Two hundred fifty two pounds. He's a big dude. But I mean, you know, obviously uh, he can put on a little bit more weight for a six seven frame. Uh, you know, maybe get closer to two seventy. Uh, yeah. there, he, he, he can be a, 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 beast. A, a scary weapon in the end zone for, for Wilson because um, uh, Hollister just he didn't do it this year and they have uh, Olsen on the team now and he I don't expect him to get through the entire season no. so this is a good pickup for uh, for the Seahawks I agree and then they, they, they went out and took another running back they've struggled at the running back position obviously the Seahawks have over the last few years so they went out and got DJ Dallas out of Miami, 5'10", 217 pounds. Little guy out of Miami, but, you know, who knows? Uh, he did, you know, he was the 12th highest rank running back in the draft. So we'll see how that works out. I mean, I think that the, the Seahawks don't expect a ton out of their running backs. They're sort of interchangeable down there or over there. Yeah. But they, they I mean, need in the last they, couple of years, they've been solid in the running game. It's just that this past season, they lost basically their entire running back core uh, to injury right at the end of the season. Um, but they were, they were pretty solid, but you know, this is a, this is a guy that will probably not even get onto the field. No, but the last but. two Super Bowl runs for them, John Alexander, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, mm-hmm. They, they have not gotten back to the Super Bowl since Lynch has left the team. And I think that they probably don't emphasize, I mean, you don't want to go out and spend $25 million on a running back, but I don't think they emphasize that position as much as they, as they should, and getting somebody back there. Obviously, this this year Carson was a stud until he went down. So mm-hmm. and best, Prosize picked <clears throat> it up at the end of the season too. Yeah, but I mean, best case he got pro- injured the week after. Yeah, and they lost all three. And then whoever the, I can't even remember who the third string yeah. <laughs> quarterback <laughs> or running back was, but he also went down. So hopefully uh-huh. they can get better production or get get a full year out of production out of Carson this year. Uh, they took a defensive end, Alton Robinson, out of Syracuse, out of the Qs. I like taking players out of Syracuse because there aren't that many of them in the NFL these days. Uh, Donovan McNabb, uh, famously a Syracuse product. Then they took Freddie Swain, wide receiver out of Florida. But I think they're, they they look like they're going to be okay in a wide, at the wide receiver position this year. Oh, I think so. Yeah, you know, they, they have uh, DK. They got, you know, Blockett. Um, I mean, with just those two guys uh, and, and what they're able to contribute, you know. That, that, that those guys are pretty solid, you know. DK, who the Eagles should have taken, but whatever. yeah, well, you know, why'd y'all wait? That's what he said. He said, "Why'd you wait so long?" I was, you know, the Eagles. He could I have wish said, I, could have said the same thing to the Eagles. Instead, yeah. they got JJ Arcega, Arcega. Whiteside. What is he like? Five ten? 
All right. Next up, they I took. Don't think, uh, I can't remember how tall, but he sucks. He's, he's, yeah, he's not very. You guys do not do good. You need to sign receivers. That's why we have fourteen. Yeah. We can, you need to sign. <laughs> you don't need to draft them. You need to wait till wait to see if they're going to be any good, and then once they're a proven quantity, then you go out <laughs> and give them a little bit of money. But yeah, you guys do not do well in the drafting of receivers or linebackers for that matter. So let's hope that changed this year. Uh, last they took uh, Stephen Sullivan. Sullivan defensive um, line and offensive line though, Ben. Yeah, and Pretty that's solid. where you and that's why you guys made the playoffs, <laughs> and that's why you make the playoffs, and the Cowboys don't. Uh, Steven Sullivan, their last pick in the seventh round, another tight end. This one out of LSU. I think this was the, this might've been the last LSU player taken in his draft. Uh, but I, I mean, I think, you know, he's got size, he's got length and he's got speed. Uh, I actually think he might be better than the tight end they took before him out of Stanford, but you know, we'll see what happens, uh, with that guy. I mean, he's not going to see the field anytime soon, but, uh, overall, what do you think about our tag team drafts? At least the three the Steelers, the Eagles, and the Seahawks, uh, sort of in the aggregate, how we did. Um, you know, only time will tell, really, Ben. I mean, uh, it, it takes two to three years to see how, how any of these guys will really develop in the league. Um, we just look at position by position. Um, you know, the Eagles picked up a bunch of wide receivers. Not only in the draft, they made a trade. You know, they got uh, a good win. Uh, from the Niners, um, you know, I, I really like, uh, you know, the second, I like the safety and the linebackers um, that they took. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it does take a while to see if these guys actually, you know, pan out and, 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 and you know, become the players that we thought they would be in the positions that, you know, they were taken in. Um, so, I mean, with the Eagles, personally, I'm not disappointed. I, you know, I, I'm not 100% happy, um, you know, with taking Jalen Hurts where they did take him. Uh, I'm, I don't know about how Ragor is. is uh, he, well, it sounds like a you know one of the dragons from. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Denarius is bringing in the receiver, Jalen Ragor. Uh, <laughs> right? It sounds like that, but you know um, nothing, Clayton. <laughs> what's his name? What's his like, first what name? Accent? What's what his first accent name? is that? That's uh, what's her name? The the redhead that uh, that John Snow had to kill. Uh, yeah, that 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 was not a, 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 a was it Irish accent? I, I don't it know was exactly, Irishish. But, yeah, but yeah, that what you just did, Ben, was not. Was not uh, <laughs> you know nothing, Gregor. Um, from yeah, it, it sounds like uh, one of the dragons from from Game of Thrones. But uh, you know, with with the Eagles, not a hundred, not you know, I, I, I would say I'm not disappointed, but I'm not you know enamored with all of their picks. Uh, in this draft, but uh, you know that's how I feel about my team, Ben. How do you feel about the Steelers? I mean, we didn't have a ton of picks this year because we traded away uh, some picks to, you know, for for Minka Fitzpatrick. And you know, I mean, I I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I mean, I love the first pick. I love our second round pick. Uh, I love Chase Claypool. I think he's going to be a good wide receiver in this league. You know, I hope that Alex Highsmith can play well at the linebacker position uh, because the, the more strength we can build on that defense our defense was amazing last year and if we can even strengthen that a little bit with you know with bud dupree on the franchise tag this year he'll probably be looking for a contract next year so if we can continue to play at that level on defense with roethlisberger healthy it puts us in a nice position uh but we didn't get you know other than other than claypool and potentially potentially mcfarland i don't know that any of these guys are going to see the light of day 
next year in terms of any significant playing time. So we essentially have the same team we had last year with the addition <laughs> with the addition I mean, of another receiver. You got a couple of XFL guys though. Oh yeah, we signed some XFL yeah, guys. So, I mean, Four you, of them. You still you have a couple of those dudes in there, so you just never know how those guys might develop. And I think those that was a smart move by the Steelers picking up those guys, yeah, especially sure. with you know not having any money to spend on guys. And and you know why not? I agree. All right, Franny, that's it for the draft for this year. Uh, wrapping it up. I mean, I I think it was an an, an interesting experience to yeah. to witness. And I'm not sure if I want to go back to the way that they used to do it. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like seeing everybody in their in their in their houses. I don't know why Dave Gettleman uh, has a room, just a white room with not a not a book, <laughs> not a lamp, not a tapestry, nothing. Like literally, it's just an empty room. He just hung out in his bonus room. Uh, but I, I thought it was interesting to see, you know, all of the people sort of in their in their what do you call it? Their, uh, their native environment, mm-hmm, their mm-hmm. natural environment. I would have loved to have seen it, you know, in Vegas. I, I really would have loved to see it in Vegas. Um, but you know, if, if it was Cleveland, the first round probably I, still be going on. I, I probably wouldn't care if it was in Cleveland, but I mean, I, I really did want to see this draft in Vegas and, uh, you know, me and you could have really gone Ben and had a good time. Uh, you know, but I guess we'll have to do it maybe in the future. Yeah, we could have done a first round recap, a second round recap. You know, we could have done three shows from Vegas if we were uh, not, hung, not too the, hungover. I think we'd be hammered after the first. <laughs> yeah, we could take the we could take the equipment down to the bar, play a little, play <laughs> a little, play a little video poker as we're as we're doing the podcast. Although I don't think Vegas would allow that. Uh, but Friday, what is next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, I believe we have some NFL news now. We do. We finally get to the NFL news portion of the show. Uh, so hold tight. We'll be right back with the NFL news. All right. And we are back. And uh, Ben just pointed at me. I can't hear the music because I'm so far away, Ben. I'm yeah, not. Six, I'm not there with you, unfortunately. Six point two miles away. <laughs> is that what it is? Did <laughs> you check or, Google to give, see how far away yeah, we are? Give or take. I probably should. I think it's about six point two miles. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> First up, big news this week uh, in the football world: Rob Gronkowski traded from the New England Patriots to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a fourth round pick. Frane, uh, Belichick had really no choice but to trade him. He had a depreciating, useless asset on his roster. Either he wasn't going to come back, or they had the rights to him. Uh, either he wasn't going to come back, or he was going to get uh, moved to another team, and he moves him uh, to the Bucks. What's What do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that he's back. I, I really am happy that Robert Gronkowski is back in the league. I mean, it didn't seem like he was ready to retire even when he did retire. Um, and, and, uh, you know, he's just, uh, he's, he seems like I mean, he's obviously, he's, he was an awesome player. I'm not sure what we're going to get with him returning to the yeah, league. Yeah, exactly. But if he can get, you know, back to even 80% of what he was, he would still pretty good, be a pretty good tight end. And, and, uh, and, you know, he, 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 he has the same quarterback that he had in, in New England and, and it also brings some, familiarity back to 
uh, Tom Brady. He's in a new system, new players, new coach, new everything. At least he has some familiarity now with one of the other players on his team and vice versa with Gronkowski and Tom Brady. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he's back. Uh, and, you know, New England also got, uh, you know, a fourth-round pick out of him. Yeah. You know, they get a fourth-round pick out of a guy that wasn't even the, in the league yep. for an entire year. Um, but he's definitely going to have to get into game shape, though, because we saw him in uh, the offseason. He looked very skinny compared to the way he was when he was playing for the New England Patriots. So he's got to get into shape. But I think it's a great move uh, for him, and it's a great move uh, for the Tampa Bay Bucks too. What yeah, do you think, Br- Ben? Brady blew the conk, and Gronk came running. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a great move. Bruce Arians is like a pig in shit right now. Uh, I mean, it's it's we're gonna have to change. I mean, it, for folks that have listened to the podcast for a long time, we did a uh, a tribute to Gronkowski uh, at the end of the season when he retired, and we said we would change the name of the shot that we concocted from him or for him from whatever the name of it was to the injured reserve <laughs> shot. So we have officially changed the name of that shot to the injured reserve shot because we knew that he would, he was going to come back. But, you know, a year to get himself in shape, a year uh, without wear and tear on his body. And, I, I mean, I think it's really, really going to be exciting down there in Tampa with the weapons that they have on offense and adding Gronkowski and his rapport with Tom Brady to that team. It could be a scary, scary team in Tampa. But welcome back. I mean, I mean <laughs> I, I, it's funny that you pause. You pause and you wait for me to say something because there is a little bit of a of a, of a, of a, a delay, a disconnected delay, um, and 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 you're just waiting for me to say something and you pause it. And then, by the way, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just sitting here staring at you. But as but, long yeah. as he's, as long as he's not the AFC man, I will, I will sit back and enjoy the yeah. Gronk show. I mean, you but can take be a him, fun division. Yeah, it's gonna be a fun division to watch for yeah. sure. I mean, there's gonna be that's the new black and blue division because there is going to be a lot of points scored and a lot of play. Uh, next NFC up, NFC West and NFC South. Yeah, fun to watch. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, next up, Tom Brady just can't get out of his own fucking way. NFL teams are miffed about Tom Brady's interactions with staff members in a t- in Tampa Bay, despite the restrictions that have been placed on players in the league. Uh, Tom Brady was heading over to Byron Leftwich's house this past week, but apparently wandered, literally wandered through the front door and into the kitchen of the neighbor, Byron Leftwich's neighbor, uh, essentially busted by the fact that he was not supposed to be meeting in person later said that he was just there to pick up materials nothing more nothing less but he was not supposed to have physical contact with or contact with anyone and he also got uh, booted out of a tampa park i think the week before that uh so what do you think about tom brady just wandering the streets of tampa aimlessly (laughs) and just opening the front doors of random houses uh i mean as long as he's standing six feet away, as long as he's socially distanced from whoever's in the house, um, you know, I, I would, I would actually, I would welcome Tom Brady into my house. I mean, you know, I think he's a douchebag, but you know, he's still, you know, one of the greatest ever to play the game. So, uh, if if he walked through the door and I found him in the kitchen, um, I, you know, I wouldn't be terrified. That's for sure. Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, he's he's actually a pretty big dude. He's about six five. But yeah, but they're not um, they're not supposed to be in, in, <laughs> engaging in team activities yeah. right now. Yeah, I, I yeah I, I know. But I mean, it's it's you know, Dak Prescott had that party we talked about that last week where he had fifty people 
at least so at least yeah so i mean i mean um i you know you got to take precautions you got to be smart about certain things um but you know i'm I'm not going to hold anything against him i mean you know me and you ben also you know we we've been um quarantining ourselves and, and and distancing ourselves but you know in the last couple of weeks we have met up so we can sort of you know exchange alcohol but we're also practicing socially. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not high-fiving you. I'm not, you know, hugging you in any way. Um, you know, we just kind of see each other from a distance. So if him and Byron Leftwich are kind of doing the same thing or him and anybody else on the team are doing the same thing, it is what it is. Yeah, it just, it just seems it, like Brady just can't help himself. You know, hanging out in the park, wandering. I mean, wandering like but they don't all, like they don't have Adobe yeah, but, Pro. They can't just scan this shit in and and email it to him. He's got to go wandering the streets. Yeah, I I know, but there's some. Plus, about why do you think contact. he can just walk there's in left with his house? Not human contact. Uh, you know, he's 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 the offensive coordinator, right? I mean, he he should be able to just walk into just walk into your house. You know, yeah, who you knows can, what left was in, up to you can that walk moment. In here. You can walk into my garage anytime, man. All right. Fair enough. Uh, fair enough. Uh, next up, Stephen Jones. Uh, so this was a little bit of drama leading up to the draft. There was a lot of scuttlebutt that the Cowboys were going to go out and draft a quarterback. They ultimately did not do so, uh, but they did put the heat on Dak Prescott a little bit before the draft, trying to float the rumor that they were going to draft a quarterback, potentially trying to coax him into signing that franchise tender. They didn't ultimately sign uh, or draft a quarterback in this draft. Uh, but what did you think about Stephen Jones trying to light a fire under Dak Prescott prior to the draft? Uh, it just seems like a slime ball sort of move to me. From the yacht? Right? I mean, yeah, from the yacht, exactly. Uh, but I was actually shocked that they didn't take a quarterback. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I, he hasn't I signed maybe, the tender. Yeah, he didn't sign the tender. Uh, I'm not sure who their backup is over there right now. Um, but I'm pretty sure he's not that great. Um, and, Couldn't and, even and, tell you. Yeah, and and I mean he's been pretty healthy his entire career, and and you know he's not very injury prone. But um, I mean it, it's it's uh, it, it just seems like a slime ball move from a slime ball organization. Um, so I'll take my shot. <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking. I was looking for an excuse to just take a shot. So. Well, how far we're we're like an over an hour and a half in, and this is our first shot that we're going to be taking. So just so you know. Uh, we have a drinking game on the show. Friday, if he says anything nasty about anybody in the NFC East, he takes a shot. If I do the same about anyone in the NF- AFC North, I take a shot. And if Sonya says anything nasty, which she never does, nasty about a team in the NFC West, she has to take a shot. Uh, but because none of us have taken a shot yet this evening, Fran and I are both going to take a shot because Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones, well, Jerry Jones just has no self-awareness, uh, and Dak Prescott has no idea how to measure his own talent level. Uh, <laughs> so we are going to take a shot about saying something nasty about the Dallas Cowboys. But that yacht... Yeah, Ben, you got you got the fireball right there. I got the Jim Beam fire, and I'm definitely going to have to get some more because I am running out of... I've, I've said so many negative things about the Cowboys in recent weeks that I have almost polished off this bottle of uh, Jim Beam, but um, you know, it, it, it seems like the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree uh, when it comes to uh, the Joneses. But that, that, that yacht was ridiculous. I mean, that, I mean, Bill Belichick, give him credit for, you know, winning all those championships, give him credit for being less than scrupulous when it comes to the, the rules. 
but you know, he had a reasonable location for his draft. I mean, I think Cliff Kingsbury and I mean, specifically Jerry Jones didn't show a lot of self-awareness with what's going on in the world right now to yeah, be I, sitting on a 200 and a quarter <laughs> of a billion dollar yacht is what he was sitting on. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, look at I mean, Cliff Kingsbury and, in and an evening at, gown, his wife in an evening gown. And you look at Sean McVay uh, also. Sean McVay, you can tell he was somewhere up in the Hollywood Hills. It, no, he lives uh, in Thousand Oaks. He lives really? in no, yeah. no. Yeah. He was up. He was in a. I mean, he was in a nice mansion with an. I mean, he had a nice view from wherever he was. And I'm not sure if that's in Thousand Oaks. Uh, yeah, unless he was. Well, he was elsewhere. Yeah, his I'm house. Not that Thousand Oaks. I mean, yeah, because it looks like there's a lot of lights. There was a lot of lights in the uh, background. So you know, might not have been his house. You know, some part of the city, but he also had a pretty nice view there. Um, so I mean, it, you know, he's younger than me. I mean, and it, if 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 I'm you know a coach of one of those teams, you know, I. I I wouldn't. I would, I would probably be sitting down on on you know a Cliff Cliff Kingsbury type. Uh, what would you air it though for the for the whole world to see? He's probably. like probably. <laughs> well, but but to Cliff to, to Sean McVay's credit, uh, his house cost actual real money, and somewhere <laughs> yeah. in Los Angeles, it's not the same as buying that spread in Phoenix. So, That's, but uh, but Jerry Jones's yacht. I mean, I actually said, is that a yacht? like? Because it looked ridiculous. It looked like he was underground. Um, but apparently that was his $250 million yacht. Mm. So let's take the shot to Jerry Jones being the worst general manager in probably 20 years, as far as I'm concerned. The last quarter of a century. You know, ever Cheers, since, ben. ever since. But you didn't say anything negative about anybody in your division. Fuck the Bengals for getting a first round quarterback. Fuck it. There we are. Ben. Uh, now I'm mad. All right, here we go. <laughs> I don't want them to have. I don't want anyone in my division to have a quarterback right now. None of them do. I don't want any of them to have a quarterback. Baker Mayfield. Oh Lord. <laughs> <sighs> oh, that was and good. That was good. Named Lamar Jackson, but yeah, until it comes to to the playoffs. <laughs> All right, next up, Friday, Patriots uniforms. Did you check out the new patch uniforms? They actually look pretty good to me. I mean, they look good. They look good. It's a nice, it's a nice upgrade, year. I think. Yeah, but I, you know, not a huge, uh, you know, change from what they had before, but you know, they look decent. Yeah, I like the, uh, I like the new color scheme on the shoulders, uh, the red and blue on the shoulders, and it just it looks a little more clean, a little more crisp, a little more old school than the uniforms. They, they definitely have one of the less interesting uniforms. In the entire league, generally speaking, I wish they would bring back the the Minuteman that was on the helmet back in the day mm-hmm. when they got at blown. Least, Go ahead. At least once a year, you know, like one one game out of the season, just bring back the old the old uh, logo. But yeah, I mean, I really, I mean, I dig them. I mean, I dig the new uniforms. I think it was a, a nice little upgrade for them. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, this is a, an interesting bit of news that is near and dear, hopefully, to our hearts. Uh, last week. Uh, the Bills Mafia was rated the best fan base in the N or the AFC, and now Bills fans can tout another honor. Buffalo Bills fans have been named the best fans in the entire NFL, according to a survey from Sunday Night Football. They beat out Green Bay in the NFC for best overall. Friday, what say you about the Bills fans finally getting their due from an actual organization? Sunday Night Football. Uh, well, I think Philadelphia Eagles fans are pretty great, but um, 
<laughs> no, but I, I do agree with that. I and mean, Steelers for, fans it, as well. You, you do you do have uh, some history there in 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 Buffalo, Ben, and I think they really do deserve a team. I would really hate. We talked about this in the past. Moving the Bills, you know, to, to a different city, moving the organization elsewhere. I would hate to see that happen. I think they have such a passionate fan base in Buffalo, uh, such a huge following. I mean, even even uh, you know, you, you see Bills fans here in LA. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I, 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 those, there's a couple of Bills bars. You know, four four Super Bowls that they went to. Really, I mean, it's mostly older folks um, that that are oh, still here. We go. You, you can't know, just I, I, let I, it go. <laughs> Can't no, saying, just yeah. let it go. Uh, obviously, because they, 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 it's just like, you know, Miami fans who were fans when Dan Marino was there. You get those folks from those Super Bowls that the Bills went to that are still, you know, hardcore Bills fans. Uh, but I, I, I think that's, that's a great choice for such a, you know, a smaller, uh, market and, and a very passionate fan base. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this is a great honor for the Bills. Uh, it's a great honor for their fans. And please, please, NFL, do not consider moving this team uh, to Canada or anywhere else. Bills fans deserve that team. They've they've finally now uh, looks like they're building towards success in uh, you know in the city. They've got they put a a good team on the field. They made some nice moves in the offseason, and they should be successful this year. The Patriots are gone. Well, hypothetically, the Patriots are gone. Uh, <laughs> Tom so, Brady's gone. So that division should be a little bit more competitive. Uh, that's another thing that came out of the draft. The Patriots did not draft a quarterback as a lot of people expected. Apparently they are okay going forward with Stidham and Brian Hoyer. That was a little bit of a shock to me. I expected the Patriots to take a quarterback, especially when they started to fall into those later rounds. They did not. So either Stidham is better than we think or they're willing to – to roll the dice with with what they've got, but yeah, this is this is a good honor uh, for the Bills fans, and I I agree with it one hundred percent. All right, next up we have Yannick Ngakwe's feud with the 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 the, the uh, what I don't quite understand here with the Jaguars. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe tweeting at Tony Khan, uh, son of the owner, Shad Khan, down in Jacksonville. Uh, first, he tweets out, free Jan. Then he tweets, <laughs> then he tweets directly uh, to the owner's son, vice president of football operations, or president of football operations, and says, stop hiding. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe says, since you're feeling mighty today, let's both let the world in on the truth. We've been, we've been had a discussion that the Chargers game was my last game, yet you try to backdoor the situation without answering any of my camp's calls. SMH, whatever that is. What is SMH again? Shake my head. Shake my head, you spoiled bra. Holding up people <laughs> for no reason. Tony Khan says, I'm not hiding, sir. I'm in isolation getting ready for the draft. I've been pretty active on social media in isolation, but you wouldn't know that since you unfollowed me again. <laughs> Uh, Tony Khan says it's a new it's a new regime here, sir. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for all for all the contribu- contributions you made here. That said, tweeting insults at me won't get you traded any faster. Only good Trump trade compensation will do that. Please direct your efforts into a more productive outlet. Then Yannick Ngakwe says, "Just trade me. I don't need the speech." Uh, Tony Khan. Uh, tweeted back, show me the compensation. I'm sure you're really driving up the price today, by the way. <laughs> I love this shit. That's actually hilarious. That is, that is hilarious. I, I, 
do you? I mean, this is how fucking smart is this guy? I mean, insulting your boss in, 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 on on a national I, platform. I like, I, but Khan's uh, reaction—he's <laughs> like is even better. He's calm though. and funny and sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure he would love to trade him, but he wants to get something in return for him. You just can't trade him for nothing. I mean, he, he Ngakwe is 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 a is a very good linebacker. Right? He's a linebacker, correct? Uh, I think he's a defensive de- defensive end, or is he? Oh, defensive end. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. But I mean, you know, he, he, he's 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 pretty good at his position. But um, you know, he is driving down the price. To I mean, you know, that's that's yeah. This is just what you want on like your a team, Character right? issue. You know, this is exactly. just what you want on your team. I'm sure they had a discussion that after the Chargers games last year, that that Khan would do anything he and anything and everything he could do to move him, and he wasn't able to move him. Uh, so I'm sure that, that Tony Khan doesn't want to put up with this shit any more than Ngakwe wants to be there, but it's just, but his reaction is, I mean, it's so funny. He's like, you know, you unfollow me on social media, uh, <laughs> insulting me won't get you traded any faster. Please redirect your efforts to a more productive outlet. I just think he, he totally took the high road with a little bit of sarcasm. Yep. Uh, but now that I think they're stuck with him. I mean, who wants? I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure that the Raiders or some other team would would take a flyer on this guy, or potentially Andy Reid, or or Sean McVay. But this is this is not going to get you traded. This is this is getting into Antonio Brown territory. Granted, he's far more articulate than Antonio Brown is when it comes to tweeting, but this is not going to get you traded. All right, Franny's oh, not. Oh, Franny's not waiting. Said, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I, we should I have a green light, red light. Like yeah, when I'm we, talking, we, I we hit the should, green I light. Should, I, should, I should hold something up, like a, a <laughs> talk, like a yeah, talk, Ben, talk, Ben. It's your turn now. Um, but no, I, I I completely agree with you. I mean, it's it's but the 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 exchange between both of them is is is, is it's hilarious. Yeah, I love it. Show me. He says, "Just trade me. I don't need the speech. Show me the compensation." I'm sure you're really <laughs> driving up the price today. By the way, <laughs> I mean, it's just. It, it, can you imagine keeping 53? I can't imagine keeping 53 lawyers, doctors, accountants together on the same page. Uh, these guys have got to keep 53 players or 56 players now together on the same page. And this just can't, I mean, this, this has to make it more complicated and more difficult than it needs to be. I, I'm, I'm teams are desperate for defensive talent, but they're Khan's not going to trade them. Well, he would for the right price. Yeah, but but, but not for but he's not going to trade him just to get rid of him. Nope. Oh, I love this stuff. That's with Antonio Brown out of the league forever. This makes it this makes <laughs> it way more interesting. Uh, but we do have a little bit of a, a tidbit from some polling. Uh, so I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, ESPN's ratings are down fifty percent, five zero, uh, since the coronavirus started. So they've been taking some polls to determine. You know, who might be willing to cut the cable if the NFL season does not start? Uh, 66% of cable subscribers say uh, that live sports are a significant reason for subscribing to DirecTV or whatever cable outlet they have. 33% consider it a very significant factor. Uh, and 33 consider it a somewhat significant factor. 44% said the lack of major live sports could impact whether they keep their cable subscription. Uh, I think with 40 or 50% of people considering cutting the cable if they don't see live sports by the fall, 
is a good indication that the NFL is going to figure out some way to get these games played. I mean, ESPN ratings are down 50%, and that is 22% of your average cable bill is is allocated to, if you pay 100 bucks for cable, $22 of that is essentially goes to ESPN. Now talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I barely watch ESPN now. I mean, there, there's no reason to really watch yeah. ESPN even even today, even with the draft. I mean, it was on ABC. I wasn't watching ESPN. I mean, they had it running on on on, on ABC, and uh, you know, it, it, there's. I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, who's going to pay for a cable if there's absolutely nothing to watch? A lot of us guys, Ben, me, and you, and 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 I'm sure most any guys this is podcast. They, I, I actually pay a little bit extra so I can get those extra sports channels that you wouldn't get otherwise, like be in sport, which I have to pay a little bit extra uh, for to uh, to get La Liga and other uh, you know uh, soccer leagues that I want to watch. Um, so the the majority of the TV that I do watch when I when I am able to watch sports, I'll watch sports. But um, yeah, it's interesting. In yeah, L- I, I, yeah, go ahead. In LA. I mean, you have to pay. You have to be on Time Warner to get Laker games, right? Uh there's a there's a few other ones. I think they've sort of expanded have now. They? Where you, yeah, I think the Dodgers. And uh, there, there, there's there's a few others that you can be on where you can yeah. But then the Dodgers, almost nobody gets Dodgers, and and I don't really care for that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, da, Franny, not a big baseball fan i would love to be watching some baseball right tell. about right about now uh especially actually, might, working from might, home i could have the game on in the background at least i might tune into baseball right now if that was the only sport <laughs> yeah. to watch i might actually tune you want to watch wrestling with no audience no. no uh no. but but i think this is a, a, a strong indicator that the nfl is going to figure out some way to get these games played in the fall uh, because the money that is at issue here is going to is going to force their hand. I think. I think this is going to this is a good a good indicator. I, I, hopefully, it's safe. Obviously, we want it to be safe for the players, but there will be football. I think at some point this fall, if these numbers continue, if, if people start canceling their cable, I think you're going to see the NFL being very creative on how on how they get a, they get the the games in front of us. Yeah, even this even year, empty stadiums. We talked about this in the past, Ben, yep. with empty stadiums. I mean. You know, obviously, it changes the atmosphere. It changes, you know, what you're hearing, uh, you know, during the game. But yeah, I, I'm sure they would definitely explore that. See how that works out with, you know, just having empty. But you know, at the same time, there are, uh, you know, uh, Georgia, for instance, is uh, I, I think they're already opening up gyms and and restaurants, and so I think it depends uh, on 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 how things run their course from state by state. Yeah, sort of basis. So you know, we'll we'll see how it works out. But I, they're definitely explore, explore um, you know, how how to really you know get the uh, season kicked off. Yeah, it's going to be interesting somehow. because uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti in Los Angeles has said no sporting events in Los Angeles, no major sporting events until 2021. So does that mean <laughs> that, that does that mean that the Rams and the charge? I mean, he back off it, you know, and say I'm sorry, I overreacted. I'm so worried or, about the Lakers. Well, I think that you might want to put a pin in that one. I know uh, the NHL abandoned plans to play at neutral sites, uh, starting up the league. They, I think they abandoned that this week. So that's not happening. Uh, as much as I would like to see the Lakers win a championship, I, I would be shocked if there's any more NBA oh, before the fall. 
Ben, I know, I know we're going to talk about Better Call Saul later. But next week, I'm not sure if you've been watching um, the uh, the Bulls documentary. No, but I am going to. The Last Dance. Yeah, watch I heard, it. I heard, I it's, first, I heard it's outstanding. I watched the first. That you know, just 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 you know, talking about uh, you know ESPN and and their viewership. This is something that will definitely bring viewers to ESPN, and it's something that you should definitely watch. Um, and and maybe we should talk about it next week, but. Episode one, episode two were last week, and uh, three and four will be this weekend. Uh, so definitely check them out so we can talk about it next week. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will. I mean, I watched Mayweather Judon today from like 2006. <laughs> it was a great fight. There was a, a melee with Mayweather's cousin, I think, who, who like came out and, and started a fist fight in, in the middle rounds because there was a low blow against Mayweather. Mayweather went on to win the fight, but, but and I watched a Pacquiao fight. I think uh, I can't remember who he was fighting, but I watched a Pacquiao fight later. So there's, you know, desperate times out there. Uh, next up, Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman running back could be traded or cut before the 2020 season begins. Albert Breer of SI.com reports. Coleman, who would become a free agent after the 2020 season, failed to live up to expectations in his first year with the Niners. Looks like they might be moving the 27-year-old. You said they were also, uh, you mentioned earlier that they were busy moving Goodwin, uh, Goodwin to the Goodwin to the to the Eagles and they made another move today but it looks like they may be uh, Brita is gone Coleman may be gone as well looks like they're mm-hmm. jettisoning every everyone and anyone from their running back core what do you think about that I mean it, you know they had they had a pretty decent core uh you know they were sort of interchangeable you know like you mentioned earlier Ben um and you know I think they just have a good scheme there where they can they, they don't they don't need a premier running back in you know San Francisco I think the way they run their offense they just need those uh, versatile guys that you know don't need to be in every down back. I mean, they just could be able to catch the ball out of the backfield, and that's pretty much. I mean, that's what exactly what they did with Monster and Breda and, and these other guys. So you know, they don't need that premier back. You know, they don't need that you know Le'Veon Bell or you know Todd Gurley was those types types of guys. Yeah, Gurley's got a chip on his shoulder, uh, but they had some huge game. I mean, a couple games, two hundred plus yards out of their backs this year. And that that scheme is pretty good. I think they can get something from Coleman. They'll move him, and Coleman won't perform as well uh, in his new location. Uh, But next up, Lamar Jackson. Oh, shit, I should not have taken that shot. I forgot that this was on the agenda. Uh, (laughs) Lamar Jackson uh, is dumber than we thought. Not only did he... Regardless of your politics, probably not a smart thing for an athlete to do. Uh, tweeted out his support for Donald Trump last week. This week, he is tweeting out that he wants Antonio Brown to come and join the Ravens. Uh, the team shot that down fairly quickly, uh, but he went out and was very, very vocal uh, about the fact that he would like to see Antonio Brown on the roster in Baltimore next year. What do you think about Lamar Jackson uh, putting his team sort of, you know, on notice that he would like to see Antonio Brown, if he's available to play, come and play with his cousin on the team? I mean, wouldn't you want to, Ben? No. Well, on the Steelers, yes. With Mike Tomlin, yes. With Mike Tomlin, yes. We we, we talked about this last week also. I mean, because apparently Mike Tomlin doesn't have a house because you didn't see him (laughs) on, (laughs) you didn't see him on the draft at all. Not at all. Not at all. Which was a little weird. Or Kevin Colbert, which is also a little weird. (laughs) Uh, No, but I mean, you know, Antonio Brown is, I mean, 
I'm not sure what he has left in the tank. He's obviously over 30 years old now. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm also not sure if he's in, in game shape. Um, but, you know, he, he was, a, in his time, he was a great wide receiver. And I, I don't know why, why people would hold it against, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson to want him on the team, especially, you know, for the right price. Well, because he got, he got, he made life miserable in Pittsburgh. He made life miserable in Oakland. And then he yeah, made, he was, he was, he was in Pittsburgh for, you know, what, eight years or so. We he was too and, much from him. So that's true. But he did, he did fall like Homer Simpson off a cliff, banging along <laughs> all the trees along the way ever since then. Uh, you know, he, he's been, a, he's been a pretty big nightmare ever since he left the Steelers, uh, both personally and professionally. Uh, in Oakland, in New England, as well as uh, in his personal life, let's put it that way. Uh, so I, I, I just think Lamar Jackson probably should have kept that sort of behind the scenes. I don't have to well, do. I mean, a, do I have to do Antonio a shot Brown? That? Antonio Brown, in addition to what they currently have there, maybe that's how he should have worded it. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, yeah. they got they got they got Hollywood Brown there, <laughs> and they got, they have a decent. I mean, they were, I mean, they need to, to to upgrade their receivers a little bit, but I, I probably would have kept that under wraps if I were him. At least in, I would I would have called Harbaugh and said, for you to "Take a shot there, Ben." What's that? I was waiting for you to take a shot. You, you didn't say anything negative about, and I'm surprised that you don't say anything negative about Baltimore. Well, I mean, they do. They just run such a solid organization. I mean, Jerry Jones is a joke. <laughs> I mean, plastic surgery, yachts. uh, Drafting, you know, ridiculous underachieving drafts year after year, giving Amari Cooper a hundred million dollars, uh, stuck with a quarterback that thinks he's worth forty million dollars after he goes eight and eight, and doesn't make the playoffs, makes wins one playoff game or two playoff games in his entire like career. Uh, you know, that it's different. Baltimore runs, they run us. I mean, give him credit. For, Are you sure you're not a Baltimore fan? I'm, I'm, but it's a solid. <laughs> I mean, I don't like John Harbaugh, but they run a solid organization. He said, "Joe Flacco, I don't need you anymore. I'm going to take a chance on this kid." And what happens? You know, they go on a huge run. Yeah, they lose in the playoffs this year. They have a great season again, losing the playoffs early. But they just have a. They they just run a really tough, hard nosed football team, and it's just hard to to say anything really terrible about them. I mean, the Bengals are obviously a joke. The the Browns are a joke. Uh, I don't know what is going to happen with the Browns this year. I mean, Stefanski looked like he was stuffed in a eight by eight office during the entire draft there. But Baltimore they they have a they have a good, well managed organization. But the Browns are a fucking joke. You should you should so I'll take a shot for that. You should regurgitate a shot for that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take a shot for for insulting the Bengals and the Browns. So you're gonna do a shot with me because I did a shot with you. Uh, all right. And we'll have I don't to know say if I should. We'll have to say uh, something. You know, condolences to uh, to Dak Prescott this week. That yeah, that that was actually sad news out yeah. of Dallas, and and also you know I, I see a lot of negative things about the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but Dak Prescott is is um, is one of the players that I actually respect on 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 their team. Um, you know, I, I I don't like Zeke, I don't like Amari, I don't like their ownership, I don't give a shit about anybody over there. But you know, uh, Dak Prescott is actually one of the guys that I actually have some respect for. He seems like he has some class. Um, you know, unlike a lot of the dudes there. 
Um, but I mean, and, it doesn't and, and randomly that, follow people around parking lots. You know, I, it, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I understand, you know, that with his upcoming contract, uh, you know, he wants to get the most out of it that he possibly can. I mean, that's what, you know, smart businessmen do. Um, but, uh, you know, there was that terrible news uh, this week, um, you know, with, with his, uh, with the passing of his brother, his, uh, his older brother, uh, 31 years old. So that, that was really sad to hear, um, you know, from, from the Cowboys organization this week. So yeah, let's change the shot. We'll do the shot to, uh, to Dak. To Dak. And, and, I've said a lot of positive things about Dak on this podcast, yeah, too by the many, way. Too many. <laughs> Cheers, Ben. Cheers. Okay, there we go. I That's the good less, stuff. I probably need less of those. Uh, <laughs> I mean, That's the second shot. Well, celebrities Plus, celebrities are showing. You know, it finished off that Lagavulin, and I've been sipping on this Basil Hayden's over here. Maybe this will be the first podcast where where Frane is slurring his words before I am. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not driving anywhere, Ben. Like you know, <laughs> that's true. Me neither. Ah. All right, so that's it for the NFL news this week. Frane, what is next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben. Do we have any tag team news? Actually, we did. We did do the tag team draft news. Do we have any other tag team news in general? Uh, well, I mean, we can run through it really quick if you want to do that before we move on to the clap, the promos and, uh, better call Saul and the drinking portion of the show. Uh, the Steelers, they still feel great about Ben Roethlisberger and, uh, you know, they, they, they essentially say that he's ready to go. They have a lot of confidence and this is prior to the draft that they do not plan on drafting a quarterback in this upcoming draft. And that held true. Uh, for the Seahawks, uh, David Moore officially signed his uh, restricted free agent tender this week. Uh, the fourth-year wide receiver uh, is back, uh, 25 years old, back to make $2.133 million for this upcoming season. But he played pretty well for the Seahawks last year. I don't know how you feel about uh, David Moore. Good. Good. I, was, I, was like, Good. I was looking at my cell phone. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> Okay, and the last little bit of of tag team news is the Eagles. You guys made a trade today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You got a decent receiver out of San He's, Francisco. What did you give up, Ronnie? Uh, nothing really. I mean, uh, he he was other than his contract. I, I believe he's making uh, is it about five million dollars. Yep. Uh, this year and seven million dollars next year. The Eagles really did not give up anything. Other than paying him his, you know, his contract money, um, but they just basically the Eagles and the Niners swapped spots and got him for almost for free, technically. Yeah, and that was and, a and nice he, move. He's a decent receiver. He's okay. He's okay. He, he really hasn't done much in the league so far. Uh, he is a fast guy, uh, a little inconsistent, injury prone. We'll see how you know how it plays out, and maybe he just uh, a change of scenery in Philadelphia. We'll see how things go, but you know we have fourteen wide receivers right now. One of them better be good. Yeah, you essentially became an omnivore. You're you're the possum opossum of wide receiver, <laughs> of of general managers and coaches this week. You you will eat meat, plants, gar. It doesn't matter what it is. We'll take any and all wide receivers and hope that one of these or two of these guys end up playing pretty well. Friday, what is next up on the big board? 
next up on the big board, Ben, is our promotions for our fellow podcasters out there. All right, hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with one promotion this week for a Steelers podcast. The Steel Curtain. Big Ben. Yinsberg. Antonio Br- uh, Levion. Uh, mean Joe Green. Yeah, mean Joe, the Immaculate Reception. Monongahela. The Steelers Outpost Podcast. I'm Tom Serena. I'm Nick Serena, and we may be homers, but we're honest homers. Join us for our weekly podcast where we separate facts from fiction on all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Subscribe and listen to the Steelers Outpost Podcast anywhere podcasts are heard. Follow us on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. Bye bye. All right. That's a shout out to the Steelers Outpost Podcast. They give you updates background opinions and lively conversation about the black and gold lifelong Steelers fans living outside of Pittsburgh. They're building a community of fans who want to follow debate and support their favorite team. You can find them at the Steelers outpost at Steelers outpost on Twitter, Steelers outpost.com and Steelers outpost at gmail.com. Look for links to all of those in the show notes and Friday. What is next up on the big board? Next up, Ben, on the big board, we have our recap of Better Call Saul. We haven't done this in a while on the podcast. Yes, that is true. Uh, we used to do, we did Game of Thrones, we did uh, Chernobyl, we did uh, Last Sunny and I did Last Kingdom. Uh, what am I leaving out there? We did uh, All or Nothing, and there's another, I feel like we're leaving out another show in there somewhere uh, that we did as well. Well, you kind of froze on me. I, I for a second I didn't hear you, Ben. Oh, I just went through all of the the shows that we had recapped in the past: uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Chernobyl, and uh, Last Kingdom. And I'm, I feel like I'm missing one, but I just don't know what that show is. Oh, we did All or Nothing, also the All, all or, or Nothing, nothing for yeah. the Philadelphia Eagles. So yeah, what- we also did that as well. And we we also did recap uh, Call Saul uh, the last couple of seasons yeah. too. So. So what was your overall feeling uh and just how did you how did you like this most recent season of Better Call Saul which ended this past Monday night? I thought these last 3 episodes were I mean they were excellent. I mean they were phenomenal episodes um you know with the, with the desert uh episode where they're just you know walking through the desert um where where uh where where Jimmy um you know picks I'm not uh picks up the um the money with the money I, I was thinking drugs but he actually picks up the money and then and then he gets uh uh you know sort of jumped by that other cartel and then you know Mike saves him and then they're in the desert for the entire episode which was I mean that, that I mean there's just the that was acting. a great episode that was, that was a great episode um also the the I mean just suspenseful basically i mean these last three episodes there was so much suspense in each episode uh the writing the acting the directing everything was phenomenal i mean these last three episodes really could have been a movie it was that good yeah oh for sure i mean it was it was a really really good season i mean it opens up uh you know the first episode with Saul someone recognizing him that he doesn't expect and he immediately thinks he's going to go call the disappearer and and head off uh but he changes his mind and then he sort of goes on his 
you know, get rich quick scheme or or his or his um his interesting scheme of what was it, fifty percent off all legal fees? He starts he gives away the cell yeah. phones for free and he's essentially like a carnival barker in a tent, like taking <laughs> one client after another, uh, you know, trying to to build his, you know, build his practice. Uh so it opens up a little bit weird and then and then, you know, as we get into the 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 later episodes, it turns into a little bit sort of strange with with Howard coming becoming a much more pronounced character than I expected going into the season. Howard being uh, his brother's former law partner at HHM, that got a little weird. But Lalo is introduced, I think, early on, and he and Lalo becomes a, a much more pronounced character. But what did you think about the the early sort of the the earlier season or the early part of the season? Oh no, it, it's it's slow. I mean, it, it's the entire series. Uh, it, it is it's sort of like a snowball effect where where uh, it starts off slow and then it picks up and just moves faster and faster and gets larger and larger. And and now we're at this uh, point in the series where where it, it's it's just there's there's so much suspense built into every single episode, especially these last three. I mean, like you just mentioned, Ben. Lalo is one of the best characters. I mean, even, oh even my God, going he... back to Breaking Bad, he is one of the best characters. Uh, not just the acting, but also just uh, the character himself. I mean, I mean, it, it, he's just like the perfect guy to play that part. Yeah, you he's know, a... he's he's almost like he's so friendly. I mean, like he he could yeah. be your friend, but then at the same time, he's a freaking maniac, and he will stab you through the heart. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he, he reminds me sort of as, as a, a, a mob type of character where, you know, he, he's, he, you know, he wants to bring the people that he likes, he brings them in and he takes care of them and he, and he's congenial. Uh, but once it's time for business, he will, he'll rip your heart right out of your chest. Uh, we got a little bit more of a Mike's backstory, uh, with his mm-hmm. family, uh, and hit the, in his emotional, trouble you know taking on the, the little gang punks down the street first he knocks them out then they knock him out and uh they gets dragged down to gus's compound in mexico where we learn about you know the dedication that he made to his uh to max down there and essentially this is where gus gets his claws completely and utterly uh finally into mike and mike has no way out essentially at that point he becomes you know more or less Gus's right hand man. Oh, you can you can I mean you just uh your 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 audio kind of froze right there, Ben. Um but uh no I mean I just Hello? Yep, I hear you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hear you, sorry. Because you you're oh my oh, audio's okay, cutting you, out. You, you 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 sort of your audio cuts out but then your video also is, is, is cut uh um, but I, I just love the build up, the entire build up. This this season has just been building up to these last three, and uh, you know, I, I just and I wish we talked about this more in uh, in the last few weeks, Ben. I mean, I know it took you a while to catch up uh, to catch up to you know where I was in in. All right, we had a little bit of an issue there. With the audio, but we are back. Uh, so Franny was was uh, lamenting the fact that it took me a little while to catch up and get to where he was. 
in the show. Uh, but he was mentioning that that essentially the 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 bulk of the season really led up to the last two or three episodes. So do you want to expand on what you were thinking there, Franny? Oh, no. I mean, like I mentioned, the last three episodes were uh, almost like watching a full-length movie. I mean, uh, Vince Gilligan has done a great job in pacing the show um, to the point where it leads you to these last three. I mean, especially that last one, this this last episode where Lalo is, uh, where, where he's, he's basically... M- well, he's murdering his assassins. I mean, so I, you know, I don't want to mess up the show for anybody. <laughs> well, if you're listening, spoiler. Uh, but it, but if you're listening, spoiler alert. Um, but I mean, there, there's just been so much suspense. I mean, it, it, it's it's like you know, my my heart is pounding at certain moments in these last three episodes where I'm oh, just like, yeah. just just let's do it. Let's you know, like I I, I thought I thought Kim was going to get murdered. I, I I thought Lalo was going to get murdered. I, I thought I thought maybe you know. I don't think they would kill off Jimmy in in, in these episodes because he's the main character. But you think it's going to happen yeah. in these episodes, but they're just the writing, the directing, the acting. I mean, it has been phenomenal. You know, Breaking Bad is great, but this really rivals Breaking Bad, and and you can tell that Vince Gilligan has his fingers all over this. He's a he's a freaking genius. I mean, this this guy really knows how to put a a, a program together. Breaking Bad was awesome, and this is right up there, Ben. I don't know how you feel. I agree. I agree. I mean, and and the the more that we learn about uh, Jimmy and and Kim's relationship and how uh, close it became prior to whatever is going to happen that ends that relationship, uh, but but Kim plotting to essentially get Howard disbarred uh, in the last episode you know, just so that Jimmy can get a couple million dollars out of the Sandpiper settlement, which is a settlement of, uh, some, some elderly folks that were taking, taken advantage of by, uh, a healthcare company and how far she's willing to go. And when she laughs at Howard, when Howard says, you know, Jimmy's lost his mind, he's throwing bowling balls over my fence, which he did (laughs) and sending prostitutes to my business lunch, which he did. Uh, and Kim essentially laughs like, you know, well, I don't know what you want me to do, Howard. Jimmy is not what you think he he is, and she laughs at him. Uh, he goes out of his way to help her uh, get get that gentleman that that issue settled with the gentleman that was holding out on his property. Uh, but like you said, I mean, the Lalo character. I didn't think that I would be so interested Invested. in his character. I, 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 I didn't want him to die in the last episode. I actually did not want anything to happen to him uh exactly. and that's, there. that's what i thought go ahead and, and that's what i thought was so great that's what i thought was so great about the last episode is become because you you've 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 created a sort of relationship with that character where you're like this guy could be my friend but then he also has this sort of just this, this this sort of uh evil sort of uh completely i want to say completely evil sort of uh I don't know, like background. It's just he's just. I mean, he 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 is almost like um, like what's his name? Uh, like Gus, almost yeah. in, in in a way where I mean, you know, they 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 seem legitimate on the surface, but then down below, it's it's like they are. I mean, they're they're evil dudes, 
but then they're so nice at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, when, and, when, and they, when, they do such a great job on this show uh, of just creating these characters, which so with so much depth. And and just I mean I, I it's great I mean yeah well that poor you kid just have to watch the show to understand it well that poor kid is trying to clean that fryer uh, early on a couple mm-hmm. episodes back mm-hmm. and Augustus comes out and he's essentially well if that's okay uh, if it's acceptable to you then you yeah. can go home <laughs> you know and essentially like nope you know go back and start scrubbing again and and Mike you know tries to get Nacho out. I mean, he essentially says Nacho has done everything we've asked him to do. He's playing both sides of this. He's giving you information. He's putting his life at risk with the Salamancas to give you this information and to help you. Uh, and Gus is like, no, he's useful to me. Fuck him. I don't care. We'll, we'll keep him around. In fact, we're going to send him down to Mexico and, and see if he can get killed. Uh, essentially, you know, potentially get killed uh, with, with, with helping us attempt to assassinate Lalo. And when Lalo pulls up that bathtub, you know, when he pulls up that bathtub and, and, and you see the tunnel below, you're like, no, they're all dead. You know, they're all dead. Uh, and when at the very end of the last episode, when Lalo sees that his aunt, I think it's his aunt who is, who is murdered by the, the assassins. And he just goes off walking, looking for Nacho, because earlier on, you could see that he's looking at where Nacho was sitting, looking for Nacho's body, looking for any evidence that there was a struggle or that Nacho had to run away quickly. And seeing none of that, he knows who's responsible. He escapes from the compound and then walks back into the compound. I mean, he's he's gone. Like He could continue to walk. I'm sure he knows where to go to get to safety. Mm-hmm. But instead, he's so... That's what you that's what you mean I think about the character. The character is so complex. I mean, there, there, yeah, that so he could layers. just leave, but he's like, "You know what? I'm just going to go back and kill these motherfuckers even though I'm gone. Yeah. I, I I wanted to escape. I'm going to these guys, you know, they came into my house. They killed my people. I'm going to go back and kill them." Yep. And he does. I, and and I Jimmy mean, you just have is to watch. You just have to watch the series to understand, yeah. you know what we're talking about. Uh, because I mean, even the character himself, just his face. I mean, he just looks like a friendly dude that you know you see on yeah. the street. I mean, it's, it's like he he looks like some sort of uh, you know gangster, uh, you know, that you typically see on on these shows. I mean, he just looks like your 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 you know neighborhood, you know, well, basically a neighbor. Yeah, I'm just gonna go work on my car. But if you get grease in my garage, <laughs> I might just I will murder you. I might just cut your throat right here. Uh, but the, what they do to poor Nacho. Uh, and Kim, you know, essentially bailing Jimmy out in that scene where Lalo shows up at their apartment and Jimmy is left, you know, you know, grappling, uh, reaching for an explanation as to why there were gunshots in his car. And Kim comes out with the most logical explanation is that, you know, people in the desert are shooting holes in cars all the time. Well, I don't know. What, you, you think it's you think it's odd that a bunch of desert kids rolled a car off a cliff uh, and she bails him out there. And I think at that to watch Jimmy sort of get dragged into this life, and we sort of in 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 better in Breaking Bad, we're left to assume that this is what Jimmy intended, that he he became this man because he wanted to make a good living. I mean, he, granted, he he's not the sharpest tool in the shed in Breaking Bad either, but you're left to sort of conclude that he chose this life, he wanted this life. But you see how he gets dragged into it, even when even when he tries to get Kim to get him give him some help to get out of it. She doesn't even help him. Um, so it, it, it was a great, great season. Uh, getting Mike's backstory, getting Gus's 
uh, more in- information about Gus and the Salamancas. I, I mean, I think it was a really well done season. I mean, it wasn't, it was different than the other seasons. I think it was, it was much different. Like, oh, watching- but so enjoyable, so enjoyable. I mean, if you, if, if you're somebody out there that hasn't watched Breaking Bad, then, I mean, you just can't really understand, you know, where Vince, Phil- Vince Gilligan is, is sort of, you know, coming from. You know, it's, it's, I mean, it's just so well written. So, I mean, the pace of everything is, is just so well done. Um, and, 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 you know, you know, we always talk about the acting Ben, uh, for, for, uh, Kim Wexler this season. Uh, you know, the actor that plays her, Rhea Seahorn, if, if, if she doesn't get any sort of award for what she did or reward or, 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 I don't know, what is it? The, oh, the Emmys? That means well, I, don't, I don't pay too much attention to that. But if she doesn't get you know anything for this, then I'd I'd be very disappointed. Yeah, and she deserves it. I mean, I, I mean, just, she, I mean she, she did well. Mike did well. Uh, you know, just her facial expressions I alone. Just, when he goes to Mike's house, he's ringing the bell, banging on the door, ringing on the bell, bang. And Mike just you're asking for information you can't have. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's essentially. And Mike don't give a shit. You know. Uh, it, it was just a really well done season, and I think is next season the final season, or we're yeah, not next sure. Season, no, next season will be the final season. So, um, we thought this season was gonna be the last season, but uh, AMC, um, basically signed on for one more season. So, um, you know, good, good, good for us, Ben. Yeah, exactly. We'll probably we see get it to enjoy one more season of this in twenty twenty three. Which is probably when it will be available to us, or 2022, probably somewhere around there. As I don't think they'll be filming in New Mexico. Yeah, but it was worth soon. it, though. It was worth oh, yeah. it because we we waited a long time between season four and season five, and uh, this this was arguably uh, the best season of of Better Call Saul. I mean, it, it, probably better than uh, a lot a lot of seasons of Breaking Bad, too. Yeah, and there's no, I mean, this far. Or thus far into the into the series, there's no character that you hate. I don't hate Kim. Yeah. I don't hate Saul. I don't hate Lalo. I don't hate Gus. I don't hate Mike. There's no one that's good or evil. That that's binary where you, you they're on one side or the other. All of the characters have something redeeming about even Howard. They all have something redeeming about them. You know, it, it it's a really really interesting. Even Nacho. I mean, I feel so compelled to like him. Uh, because he's caught in this really difficult situation, but there's just, but he's also, you know, done some bad shit too. So I just think it was really well done. All right, Franny, you ready? Oh, sorry, Ben. I thought you were waiting for me. Okay. Sorry. Oh, no worries. Are, you, <laughs> are you ready to move on? Uh, let's move on, Ben. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, is our shot of the week. All right, Franny, let me grab that shot and we will tell the listeners what we've done and what we're drinking in the new (laughs) and improved drinking portion of the show. All right, we are back with our shot of the week. Franny, what is this shot that you forced me and Sonia <laughs> to concoct this week? Uh, man, I wish I could be there, Ben. I wish I could be no, there. No, you don't. Shots. No, you don't. 
to put these shots together, I love this portion of the show. This begins our drinking portion of the show, actually, and it is our shot of the week. And uh, tonight, Ben, we have our Bazooka Joe Burrow shot in honor of the first pick of the draft going to your Cincinnati oh, Bengals, Ben. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, and you always call it. You yeah. always say that the, the Falcons are mine for some reason. Well, you like Matt Ryan, uh, and you can't hear it no, funny, but the the music is playing. Our song is playing in the background. You can't hear it, but it is there. And, uh, yeah, I know it sucks. I wish I could be there, Ben. But eventually, and I'm sure in the coming weeks, so we'll what, be able to do this show live together. What is Not in live, this but. shot? Uh, well, Ben, uh, just to uh, throw it out there, the shot was inspired bar by uh, Tipsy Bartender, and it was actually called just the Bazooka Joe shot. And uh, seeing how it was the draft, and Joe Burrow was the number one pick, we decided to call it the uh, Bazooka Joe Burrow uh, shot. But in the shop, Ben, we have uh, some uh, blue curacao. We have a little bit of banana liqueur. And sitting on top of that, we have a little bit of the... Bailey's Irish uh, cream whiskey. Is it whiskey? Irish cream. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a whiskey base. Yeah, but it uh, looks like Ben. It looks like though uh, that you put those in the refrigerator, which was a huge mistake because it looks like it's almost solid. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Uh, it was a little <laughs> warm out here, so I put them in the fridge and I forgot to take them out of the fridge. Uh, but we do this every single week. You can find a picture of this shot on Instagram as well as on our Twitter at Instagram thir- at Thirstand and on Twitter at Goal Thirst. So Franny is not going to have to subject himself to this shot. But unfortunately sure. or fortunately, as the case may be, I have to do it. I'm sure it's gonna be a good shot, Ben. Yeah. I mean well Banana. if you left it out in 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 you know room temperature maybe uh, not in the fridge, but uh, I'm sure I'm sure the uh, the blue curacao will give it sort of that citrusy sort of flavor with the uh, the banana liqueur, giving it the you know banana ish flavor, and then you got that creaminess on the finish. So I'm sure it, it'll taste like a like a bazooka. It will taste shot. like Cincinnati. Here we go <laughs> for Jill Burrow, Cincinnati boy coming hey, cheers, home. Ben. I've been here. We go. I've been sipping all night, and yep. I'll uh, take a sip with you. All right, let's do this shot. Ah, okay. So the banana really <laughs> comes through, uh, and the cream really comes through. The citrusy uh, notes of the blue curacao do not come through as well, I will say. Uh but the banana liqueur does not taste as bad as I thought it would. Uh, the cream de banana. Uh, and the, the Baileys, it, it actually was a nice tasting shot. Uh, it doesn't have that citrus note, but the cream and the banana mix well, really well together. It wasn't as chunky as the one a few weeks back. But this, I mean, it was a really tasty shot. Not too sweet. Uh, the alcohol burn is very mild, uh, probably mostly from the the banana, and the I guess the banana liqueur is probably pretty high proof for a liqueur. The Bailey's pretty low, but it, it has a really nice flavor to it. I wish you could taste this. I'll have to uh, put one together, 
once we're, you know, doing the podcast together once again, Ben. But that was really, really good. Uh, Franny comes up with these. I feel like he's trying to come up with, you know, difficult shots for us to make while he's <laughs> while he's six miles away. Uh, getting things to sort of stand and sit on top of each other is a little more. It's not that difficult. Well, Franny, but Franny goes at this like a scientist. Like he's in there. He's got his glasses, you know, the little glasses, the little glasses with the light on it, you know, with the sort of the the. The one big magnifying, you know, monocle that comes off the glasses, and Sonia and, and I are in there with a spoon, sort of trying <laughs> to pour it over the, into the, into the spoon. Uh, but it was it was it was actually a really tasty shot, uh, mild, probably in the alcohol content, probably a medium alcohol content. So good for just about anybody at a party, at a get together, at Joe Burrow's house when he starts <laughs> spending that first round money. But uh, thank you, Franny. Very, very good. Very good. You're washing it down with some uh, some gin there. I'm I see, washing it down with a little <laughs> bit of gin and tonic. It didn't get caught in my teeth. It was a couple of weeks back. We had a shot with some Baileys or something and something else in it that literally coagulated to the point where it was. It had a solid consistency. Mm hmm. All right, Franny. What's I mean, it looked good though. I mean, and you'll be able to find uh, the shots on Instagram and also on Twitter. Uh, and and you guys did a very good job, Ben. You and Sonya putting the well, actually, Sonya. I shouldn't give you any credit for this one. I Sonya one. did an excellent job <laughs> putting these uh, these shots together. Uh, and uh, well, I mean, the the blue curacao and uh, the banana liqueur, Ben. You said that those were inverted because you just had there there was a problem with sitting on layering top of each other. Those, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but they look good. I mean, they look fantastic. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll post those for sure. Uh, I, I do like that sort of uh, uh, jellyfish effect that uh, uh, the uh, Bailey's had sitting on top of uh, the blue curacao. It actually looks pretty good, and it looks really nice in front of the uh, the little helmets that you have there. Um, uh, th- that little case that you have with yep. all the little helmets, Ben. Very nice, and we'll post that for sure. But uh, I'll have to try that shot. It actually, looks it looks good. It does actually it taste, it, does. It taste like Bazooka Joe, though. It does. It does. Yeah. It's, it's actually a little a little less gummy than I expected, but it, I mean, it was a, a very very tasty shot for sure. All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben. It is our beverage of the week, and I'm really excited to try this, Ben. I mean, this is. Uh, my birthday gift, actually. It was part of my birthday gift that you got me. Um, it is the Whistle Pig, Ben. I'm sure you have uh, some more information for us on the type of Whistle Pig that it is. I do. Hold tight, everybody, and we'll be right back with our whiskey bourbon arrive of the week. This week it's arrive, so hold tight. <laughs> All right, and we are back, and it's time for our beverage of the week, our brown of the week, which uh, this week, Ben, is the uh, birthday gift that you got me a few weeks back from Whistle Pig. It was a generous gift, Ben, and I appreciate it, and uh, I'm sure you have some information for us there. I do. This is the Whistle Pig 12-year bespoke rye barrel select. This is out of Vermont. 
a blend of three different whistle pig whiskey finishes. One finishes in sultriness casks, one in Madeira casks, and one in port casks. The boldness and character of a quintessential rye with the elegance and graced of grace of a well-aged scotch. Uh, this is 95% rye whiskey uh, distilled at MGP Distillery in Indiana. The juice then travels to Whistlepig Farm and Distillery in Vermont's Champlain Valley, where master distiller Dave Pickerel has finished the rye whiskey in different barrels with unique finishes to them. He then married the three distinct barrel finishes to create a truly brilliant expression. The tasting notes with the traditional spice-driven backbone of classic aged rye, the unique finishing process, imbues certain traits. From the Madeira, you get a deep sense of raisin and molasses. With the saltiness, you get with the saltiness barrels, a bright golden nectarine is added to be followed by hints of grilled cherry from the port casks. The whiskey is woven together with a caramel silk and a high allspice overtone. This is a rye to linger with. Don't rush it. It's 12 years old. It's 86 proof. It's 50. It's, uh, it's 51%. It's at least 51% rye aged in new charred oak barrels. But this is a studio. This is a barrel select, uh, over at Total Wine. My understanding is you can only get this at Total Wine, uh, but this should be an exceptional rye, should be a very, very solid rye. Franny, what are you getting on the news? Well, Ben, do you want to tell my story of how you um, purchased this rye? I, I asked the <laughs> gentleman who, the, who who nudged you in the direction of purchasing this rye. It was oddly enough, it was a Total Wine <laughs> employee who nudged me in the direction of one of their most yeah. expensive rye. It I, was I think you should probably go with this one. Yeah, it was the gentleman you see with the, the one with the highest price there. Yeah, yeah, with the white shirt. And the black, uh, the black little, the black little tie there, you know. I asked him for, you know, a rye that was complex, that would appeal to a sophisticated bourbon whiskey That's where you're rye wrong. drinker. That's where you're wrong, babe. And he said, "This is the one. This one over here that is one hundred twenty nine dollars. <laughs> that is the one that you have to have." And I said, wow, you are so smart with your dark hair and your white shirt and your black pants and your black tie. I mean, how could I say no to you? Uh, so that's essentially uh, how I came across and, uh, this one. But it's better than the George Ben, Dickel. I appreciate it. It's better than the George thank, Dickel. Uh, it is much better than the George Dickel. And uh, thank you for listening to that guy uh, in, in the black tie and the black shirt. And he was this like, is this is the one. Wait, he's like, this, he's like, wait, is there, was there a, was there a Morks? No, that, no, that, that one came. <laughs> that's, that's, the, a, that's 119 as now. Far as, that's, so this one, this one is the one you definitely want. <laughs> as far as rise go, this is definitely up there. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, well, Whistlepig is definitely known for, yeah, for, for, for sure. some great for some great whiskeys and i'm sure this one will be great i mean the we've color tried like five of them we've tried like five of them right we, we, we've tried quite a few yeah. and, and uh you know the the color of this one it is it is a dark uh copper i mean it's a very beautiful looking color um and it smells 
Oh, you can't go wrong with the color on uh, this. It smells it's, great. It's, it's a I mean, beautiful I'm not, sure you, I'm, I'm not sure if you took a whiff of that, but I mean, you could definitely get the the, the spices coming through on this. Whether or not it's worth $129, that, you know, that's a little high in price for uh, for any rye. Yeah. Uh, but it's a big bottle, though. It's a large size it's, it's, bottle. It, it, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, a, it's 750, 750 ml. ml, you know, the, the usual. But it smells great. They really need to have I mean, smaller smells- sizes. They need like a... What are those smaller ones like three fifty? That's why. That's why I got that three fifty. That um, I think it was a ten year. Yeah. Uh, that we tried because it, it, that one was about sixty dollars. But you know, you get three fifty. It's about it was about thirty five. But yeah, they ought to make a smaller size for most of these. But they do make some some oh, great. That, the color is beautiful. The nose. I get. I get the spice on the nose. I'm getting a lot of spice, but a lot of pleasant. I'm getting a sweetness on the nose too. A little bit of mm-hmm, a sweetness. Mm-hmm. Almost like a cinnamon, cinnamon vanilla. Get a little orange. Very or... good. Yeah, I feel I a little orange coming through. Citrusy notes. I taste the. I, I, I that taste. I can smell a little bit of the cherry. It, it smells, smells nice. like a little it bit of a very good, like a tart. And I'm also I'm uh, using the same the glasses that you got me for my birthday too, Ben. So not only are we drinking the the rye that you got me, but these uh, very fancy uh, matte aluminum uh, glasses on the outside, but it's actual glass on the inside. I mean, they're, 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 they're actually, I forget what they're called, but they're, you're supposed to get all the aromas and, Allegedly. and the scents from, from oh, all the grooves. Also sold to me <laughs> by the same guy that recommended the whistle pick. <laughs> I'm kidding. It wasn't him. That was a completely different location, completely different, but, but it just, it, I just thought that would be funny. But yeah, oh, I got those, yeah. I got those doing research, not actually listening to some random dude at Total Wine. <laughs> well, let's yeah. give this a shot, Ben. All right. Let's Cheers to you, Ben. Cheers. Let's give, I wish I was there with you. Me too. Oh, it's spicy. It's got it's a spicy, nice but spice on the entry, but smooth on the finish, though. Really you know, smooth it, on the it, finish. It, wow, it, it, that doesn't linger at all. It's almost like a, a little bit of, of uh, I would say, honey with that spice yeah. and that finish. That is just it. It goes down. And and what's uh, what's the proof on this, Ben? What's the proof? Uh, it's uh, eighty six. Wow, 86, so get, uh, 43% alcohol. Yeah, it doesn't get um, me on the back of the throat at all. No, I mean, it goes down so... I mean, this is dangerous. This is some dangerous stuff, and I'm drinking it now. I mean, it, it is really hot in the garage recording this, and it, it's it's not it's not cool in here. It's about, I would say, about 80 degrees or so, and, and drinking this at, at not even at room temperature, but warm like this, usually it would hit you a lot more at the back of the throat. Wow, it doesn't hit me at, at all on the back of the throat. Um, well, it's a bit cooler outside, um, well, you can, but it's you could always crack that garage door like a, a foot or two. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I'm just I'm high just enough, whether I should open it up right now. High enough for a rodent, but not high, <laughs> but not high enough for a human it, being. It, it, coyotes. <laughs> Well, okay. well no, not high enough for a coyote. I'm talking like a foot. 
Coyotes can drink. Can get drink. You know, maybe Lalo <laughs> could. Squeeze, maybe Lalo would be willing to crawl underneath there. In here, but but uh, nobody not, nobody uh, bigger than be the that. first time I'd have coyotes in the front yard. But but that is really, I'm shocked at how 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 smooth the finish is. The 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 finish is very smooth. Wow, spice on the front. The finish is really smooth. A little bit of sweetness. A little bit of a raisin tartness there. But it's uh, crazy. I mean, it's a like a tiny the, bit of woodiness, the, maybe, maybe. No, oh yeah, the oakiness, I do get that, and the spices they go straight up the nostril, not straight up, but like they're 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 pleasant, and then you kind of finish it off, goes down, and it sort of disappears, and you just want to come back for more. But wow, I mean, the finish—that's impressive. Yeah, this is good. I mean, every everything that we've tried so far from Whistlepig has wow. been anybody could drink that. Excellent. I mean, it's just it's just it's uh, different because you, you know, I mean, you you, ex, you expect something from a rye. I mean, we we've tried different you know different ryes on the show so far, Ben, and and you expect uh, a certain characteristic from a rye, and this it just has um, an extra element. I would say, I, I you know, the extra that spice that you expect, but then you don't expect that smooth, almost silky scotch sort of finish on the end. Mm. And I'm watching you drink it right now. And and well, it's got that smoothness. I, I agree. I mean, it almost feels like a really once it goes good down, scotch, like, but with a rye flavor. It's there. It's great. It goes down your throat. And it's gone. It's gone. It's there. It's there a little bit. I mean, it just hangs out, but it, it's just hanging out. I, w- I would say at the top of your nostrils. Yeah, I mean, you can you can still get a little bit of that that uh, spice on the finish, but finally have good. a helicopter. That's good. Finally have a helicopter flying over. Aaron Rodgers is going to be upset. Yeah, I mean, and because you should have called it the Brett Favre shot. And the more you sip on it, I mean, it, you you can definitely taste. I mean, it's like wow, that oak, wow, but I mean, a that, spicy that, that's, oak. That's a dangerous bottle of a, with some honey for that, for that price. Well, has some vanilla. Now, is it worth that much? Not because should you could, it be worth you, that you much? Could drink that bottle in a sitting. <laughs> that's how easy it is to drink. That's yeah, it, it, it is. Yeah, you're right, Ben. You're 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 hundred percent right. I mean, this is very easy to drink. It goes down very smooth. But I love the sweetness to it. And I'm not sure how it would taste at, you know, if if it was maybe refrigerated just a little bit. Um, But I'm drinking it at just above room temperature right now. And it's good as it is. I'm, I'm thinking maybe just a little bit chilled. It would taste even better. Wow, that's really good. Get the sweetness, get the spice. The finish is very short, but it still hangs a little bit, just enough. Mm-hmm. A, a, a little bit of uh, that lingering aftertaste, but it's it's still pleasant, though. I mean, there there are certain you know drinks that we've had on the show where we you know we we drank them and we we were you know we we'd hope that that sort of flavor would kind of 
dissipate or disappear or just go away completely. But this is one that you would like to stick around. It has that yeah. sort of sweet, spicy sort of finish to it, but it it's not overpowering. It's not too strong. That's why they say don't rush it, apparently, because once you'd swallow it, it's gone. But the on the nose, it's it's really powerful though. I mean, like you expect almost a strong spicy finish, but it's just not like that. I mean, on the nose, it, it smells delicious, but you just don't get all those extra spices when it's in your mouth and it goes down. Yeah, these guys are something else at Whistlepig, really. They're more like scientists than anything else because they don't mm-hmm. make this themselves. No, they don't. Um, they age it themselves. <laughs> I tried to get one out of, out of Nevada. Uh, it's a family farm that actually grows all of their own barley uh, rye and all of the ingredients for the, the the rye whiskey and the bourbons, and they make it, you know, from start to finish, from growing it to distilling it to selling it. Uh, but we can't get it in California. I can't remember the name of that one. But this is, I mean, they are like scientists. They take these barrels from around the country, they select them, and they, you know, either they take them straight or they mix them. But that's that can't be an easy undertaking. Wow, that's really good. Mm. All right, Franny, how would you rate this one on our Thurston Gold rating scale? From uh, zero, which is George Dickel, to 10. I can't believe George Dickel had a 90%. <laughs> That's why you can't listen to reviews. Who, yeah, I don't know who would, you know, give uh, give George Dickel rye a high rating. I mean, that stuff was, it was different. But I, but different in all the, the wrong the, ways. It was the, the Kool Aid uh, of uh, it was the Kool Aid <laughs> of rice. It was literally like the Kool Aid of rice. Uh, this comes in one, a powder. Uh, this one I would. I mean, just considering the price, considering the price, I would give it an eight. Out of 10. I mean, if it was, you know, less than 129, let's say if it was even, you know, $89, which is also, you know, higher up there for a rye, I would give it maybe a nine. But just considering the price and the flavor that you're getting, I would say an eight. (coughs) Because I'm not sure if it's really, is it really worth, you know, one. 29 because for 129 you can get some really good stuff for 130 dollars yeah jerry jones was drinking some on his yacht <laughs> he was sipping a little johnny walker blue which isn't even that good where would you rate it ben <sighs> surprisingly enough i'm gonna give it a nine i'm gonna give this a nine out of ten i i That's- i Either it aged in the bottle <laughs> uh, since the first time we tried it, we just sort of tasted it a little bit on your birthday, and I didn't remember liking it that much. That, that was, I mean, because I was so excited to, uh, you know, to get the whistle pig Ben, and and I'm still excited to have that the barrel top from uh, from the Jim Beam uh, Distillery, um, but yeah, it, it didn't seem like it had that much flavor back then. But today, I mean, maybe we let it air out. I'm not sure exactly what it is. It seems like it has more flavor. Yeah, has, I agree. Has, 
you know, just more on the nose and, and it, it just seems way more complex than it did, you know, back then when you first opened up the bottle. Um, but nine, wow. that's, that's pretty high. That's for you, Ben. That's, that's, that's a high rating. Yeah. I mean, and I don't give them out very often, but this for a ride, I mean, typically I like a bite. To my, I mean, I like a ride that just hits you in the face, you know, Mike Tyson mm-hmm. style and just knocks you on your ass. But the sweetness, the the initial spice and the smooth finish. I, I'm surprised how much I like this now. Because I, I don't remember liking it that much when we when we first it, tasted it it. it. it seemed a little soft when you first tried it. But the you spice, know, it, the it, spice it wasn't there in the first on the first taste, I don't think. Yeah, it it didn't seem like it was I'm gonna pour a little more. As complex as it is right now, yeah. You, you know, get, now, now, now it seems like there's there's more complexity to the spice and the flavor. I mean, going down, it just seemed like it was that one Japanese whiskey that we tried, you know, weeks back uh, when we were still doing this podcast oh, really together. I think one. that might have been the last. Yeah, that that really smooth one that didn't have that much flavor. It just went down almost like water, and you know, this sort of tasted the same way. But now today, just trying it, it, it there's it, it's way different. Wow, from that's good. What it was back then. That's good. Not sure what it was, what it is, but it's good. See you it. give it, you give it a nine. I give it an eight, which is high scores. And um, is disappointed. I gave it a nine after I gave there, like something else a six or a five a few weeks ago. Or the George Dickel. I think I gave that a four. I think you gave it a higher score. I think you gave it a <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I keep wondering, do I need to have that in my house, or can I just can I toss that? Like, what's the what's the downside to tossing that? What would be the odds of me serving that to somebody or someone else ever drinking I, that? We can use it as a, you can mix it with something. So yeah, there's you always that you can you won't mix, drink you can, it. You won't I, drink it. I, I, no, I can mix it with Coke. You ain't gonna mix that with Coke. We got I like could. fifty. We got like fifty bourbons in there. There's no way. That's the one. After, out of all of the you know whiskeys that we have, that's the one you want to mix. Yeah, with with something, Lysol. With, <laughs> Use that. You make that. Make us hand sanitizer out of that one. It might. It might cure you, according to some. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I wish it was seventy percent alcohol. I would just make a hand sanitizer out of it. Uh, I mm. take that sip, Ben. I see you taking that sip. Yeah, that's there. good. That's good. That's good. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm no, shocked. but thank you, Ben. Thank you uh, for the very generous gift. Uh, for my birthday, Ben gives the the greatest gifts. This one wasn't personalized. A lot of his gifts are personalized um, with pictures of me and him. <laughs> <laughs> or the name of the podcast. Or the name of the podcast. Uh, but thank you for that, Ben. And uh, that, that um, you know, uh, drink will we'll stick around in the, uh, the locker pretty much that you have did you yeah. paint it ben not did yet you paint not it? Yet. no not no yet. okay all right all right well that, we're gonna get that together eventually we're gonna carry it into uh your house yeah ben. for sure um yeah. and uh all right friday what's cheers cheers what's next about a big board i've i've had way too much to drink <laughs> i know i love <laughs> it i love it no gym for you tomorrow no backyard gym all right what's next friday 
try to squeeze it in. Uh, next up, Ben, we got our beer of the week, which I have chilling in the fridge. It is from Ukraine. I don't even remember the name of it. I'm going to have to pull it out, and I'm sure you will, too. And I'm sure you have some info for us as well. I do. So hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our beer of the week. <laughs> All right, we are back with our beer of the week. And finally, do we drink a beer every single week? We drink a beer every single week, Ben. We do. And we give you our honest <laughs> opinion about the beers that we drink. We well, usually drink this much every week, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Friday is living the dream tonight. Uh, Friday, can you pronounce <laughs> the name of the beer that we are drinking tonight? Uh, well, it is from Ukraine. Our ben, first Ukrainian beer. Like, are if you are, yeah, and, and Ukrainians aren't really known for their beers. And uh, this week we are drinking the Lvivs- Lvivske. Lvivske. That's what it looks like. Lvivske. All right. Lvivske 1715. This is a Pilsner. The alcohol by volume is 4.7%. Lviviske is the oldest Ukrainian beer, which monks began brewing back in 1715 on their wagons. Nowadays, Lviviske has become part of the Ukrainian history. It is a symbol of the epic and pride of Ukraine. Lviviske 1715 is a light beer of flawless quality that is based on tercentenary traditions and even more ancient secrets of Lviv beers. The secrets of the ancient recipe were passed by word of mouth from father to son, from mother to daughter, light hoppy beverage with pure malt aroma and inimitable taste is a true discovery for all who are devoted to classics and ancient traditions. Franny, what do you think of the smell, the nose of this beer? You know, I did. I did try it, Ben. I mean, well, I, 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 I took a sniff, and it's not that good. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's, it really, it's, it's extremely skunky. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the Ukrainian national anthem in the background, just for, just for kicks. Why not? It doesn't smell like something that would taste good. It's got a little skunk Looks like to you it. have it poured out in a glut. Yeah, I do. Last year you made fun of me skin. sniffing out of the bottle. So, you know, I took a little picture I'm in the glass. I'm actually sniffing out of the bottle right now, but there's a lot of skunk coming out of the bottle. And, and you don't oh, usually wait, get so last year, you, So last week you made fun of me for sniffing out of the bottle. Now you're sniffing out of the bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel like turning another glass. Uh <laughs> So I'll give it a shot. Let's give this a shot, Ben. Cheers. I mean, it doesn't smell good. I'm going to try it. All right, let's do it. That's good. It's good. For a Pilsner, that's good. It's got a little bit of a deep flavor to it. A little deep. A little skunkiness, mm. but not too much. 
It has it's got a, a nice crispness a... to it. Lacks a little carbonation. It does like carbonation, but it does have. It's got a nice feel in the tongue, though. Nice tongue feel. Too much of a of a caramelly sort of flavor to it. Caramelly? Yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan. There's, there's. It's not really? crisp. I'm oh, not. I'm not a big it's fan. It's crisp. It's European. Yeah. Almost. No, it's not. I mean, <laughs> no, well, yes, it's not. Ukraine. <laughs> no, Ukraine it's not. is, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the the the, the, the flavor of the beer is just not what I expected. Interesting. Well, you got to finish that. It's a big bottle. I won't finish it. Um, it's a little heavy. The, the flavor's not bad, though, and and the, and the, the nose is not bad. He's shaking his head at me like you're crazy. <laughs> I, I don't smell the skunk. Just a little bit, a little bit of a sort of a dankness. A dank. Oh, it's got a little. <laughs> it's got a little dank, bro. It, it is a little dank. But it's got a nice Christmas to it. It, it reminds me of sort of the quintessential European beer. No, it doesn't. Not. I mean, this is... Ah. You're used to Karlovacko or something that's really light. Really light. Well, I mean, this is, this is actually pretty light when you look at the alcohol content. It's only 4.7% alcohol, which is, you know, pretty light for... Any but, the, beer. but the colors a um, little bit more. 5%. But the colors a little more amber than. No, the color is nice. It has a nice color. It's very light on carbonation, um, but the flavor is is sort of there. But it just I don't it it, it lacks that crispness that I like, especially for you know a sort of a d- domestic everyday sort of beer not a big fan it, it, it doesn't really quench your thirst either maybe i'm just in a good mood because it was a draft tonight i don't know it tastes pretty nice but i've also had a, you know quite a few drinks tonight so i'm not sure i mean the the fall the 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 finish is pretty short it doesn't hang around i don't like it Interesting, because it, it doesn't have a ton of flavor. It's got that sort of traditional Pilsner flavor, a little dank, a little skunky. But generally speaking, Friday's thrown in the trash. <laughs> he just opened his garage door and winged it across the street. My neighbor will be very disappointed. I don't mind it. Not that good. Not that good. <laughs> Not that good. I don't mind it. <laughs> I don't mind it. I would give it. What, what would you give it on a scale of uh, thirst and goal, zero to ten? I mean, it's not terrible, but it's also not anywhere near one of the top beers that we've had on oh, the podcast. Definitely not. Definitely not. I, I, I would say it's about a four out of ten. Oh, good lord! <laughs> really? Four out of ten. I'm gonna give it a six. Six out of ten. I would say it's below average. In my opinion, it's below average. What's your average? Where's your baseline? Heineken? Well, um, yeah, I, I would say Heineken is a pretty good average. I mean, Heineken is a decent beer. Um, not so crisp. Uh, has a long aftertaste. Um, it, it sort of lingers with you 
longer than you'd want it to. Um, so, you know, I, I would say, yeah, that, that, that's that, that I would give it that a six, but also I give that, uh, I think it was that Armenian beer, uh, was it last week or a, a few weeks ago? I also give it a six because it was just above average. It had um, a distinct sort of flavor to it. Whereas this one, there's no distinctness to it. It's just sort of bland. And I just, I don't know. There's just something about this that I don't like. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I like it. I mean, I wouldn't, I mean, I'm not going to put it up on my, you know, eight, nine, 10 scale. Yeah, no. But I, mean, it's, I it's, could drink it. I could drink it at a bar in the summer in, in Europe. Easy. You know what's better than, though? It's better than Bunnington's. Bunnington's? Bunnington's. The, home, the home of the ale and the stout? <laughs> no. Better you, than that. It's I, don't better think, than that. I don't think the UK is capable of But also not a, that great. I don't think the entirety of the UK is capable of making a good beer. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to give it a six. Friday's going to give it a four. It was a long show tonight. It uh, was. We went on for a long time talking about the NFL draft, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. I had a feeling this would be a long one because we had the draft, we had a little bit of news, and we had our drinking portion of the show. Can you believe there was a time when these podcasts were only about an hour, an hour and a half long? I don't even remember those days. <laughs> But apparently they did exist. Uh, but for folks out there that enjoy uh, a long, thoughtful podcast, we uh, definitely find it yawning like I'm not sure if some of the up. stuff was thoughtful that I said tonight, but yeah. All right, Friday. the first hour. <laughs> Friday, <laughs> what's, what's next up on the big board? <laughs> next up on the big board, Ben, we have a little bit of housekeeping. Yes, so, so we didn't do our housekeeping earlier in the show, and I do apologize for that, but this is Thirst and Goal Podcast. We are a show about football, friends, uh, football, friends, <laughs> whiskey, and beer reviews. Please head over to our website, thirstygold.buzzproud.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes, and believe me, they are amazing. You can check out our show notes, and from there you can links to all the stories that we cover, all of the browns and the beers that we review. You can get links to all of your podcatchers, your iTunes, your Stitcher, your Castbox, Castbox, your Pandora, all of the links that you want. We are on Pandora, folks. We are on Spotify. We are on all of the podcatchers. You can download the podcast directly from our website if you so choose. You can email us at podcastthirstinggoal at gmail.com. You can call us. Look for our phone number down in the show notes. You can follow us on Franny's amazing Instagram account at Thirstand and on my mediocre Twitter account at GoalThirst. And you can check out all of the photography that we do. We get pictures of all of the beers that we review, all of the bourbons and whiskeys that we review, and from time to time, we have other interesting photos and taste tests. I cannot wait for our next taste test in person. We have done several of these, and they are all amazing. Franny, anything you have to add before we end the show tonight? Thank you for listening. For what? What? How many hours, Ben? Three hours? Three hours and 13 minutes. And I apologize for anything I said after the first hour. 
All right, folks. <laughs> we will see you next week. Cheers. Thank you.